Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk all things food and hospitality in the Illawarra. We'll bring on local chefs, business owners and producers as guests and we'll bring in things for show and tell to talk about our favourite products or equipment. We'll also cover some current affairs and what's happening in the world of food. And this week we've got Emma and Jon from Sandy Goodrich with us to talk about their recent decision to close their business. It's a really interesting perspective on some of the challenges that are faced by cafe and restaurant owners here in Wollongong. There's a lot to get into. We had a great time chatting with them, so we really hope you enjoy this show. Let's do it. All right, boom. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, the Gong Show. My name's Stefan Postuma with Andy Burns. Hey, guys. Simon Evans. Hello. And our guests from Sandy Goodwich this week, Emma Huber. Hello. Jan Miller. Hello. Thanks for all being here. So, I mean, you've heard what we've had to say last time, and if you're into it, then you're listening, which is cool. Um, we'll go through, like, to start with, we'll just recap on a couple of things that we talked about um, last podcast and... Emma and Jon, you guys can weigh in on it and stuff if you like, but the issue that we discussed last podcast was the underpayment of young people in the Illawarra, and that particularly pertains to the hospitality industry, and I probably went into last podcast not having researched it quite enough, and all of us are probably the same, but whatever, like, we are here to talk about food, we're not (laughs) academics or political commentators, so... (laughs) One of the things that we said, we were like, what, what's the follow-up and like what's actually happening to the businesses and how are they trying to combat you know, the wage theft that's going on? And what I learned in my research following that was that, um, yeah, the government's put this five-point action plan, the New South Wales government's put a five-point action plan in place that's trying to combat it. Uh, did you guys read about it at all? Did you guys hear about what they've actually done? Yeah, I had, I had a read. Yeah. 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 It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, so like they're taking oh, yeah. it really seriously yeah. and um, the five points in the action plan are basically they're introducing a wage theft law um, they're introducing a public name and shame register for businesses that are caught intentionally ripping off their staff there which was, is pretty there cool there's a big um, I mean they had a bit of emphasis on whether or not it was a genuine mistake yep. or intentionally like basically exploiting your staff mm. and if it was a genuine mistake it was like okay here's what you need to do don't do it again and then they're talking about massive fines and possible jail time for people who keep doing it in repeated businesses 
that would have to obviously be a pretty extreme circumstance. Yeah. Mm. But the point is, I guess they're taking it pretty seriously, which mm. is cool. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be some repercussion from it. I think that, that was exactly. originally a question we asked: was what happened to these businesses that yeah. got shamed in the Mercury article? Yeah. Um, and we still haven't really heard much about that. So whether they were all accidents or or what what's what's it going on with that like it, yeah 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 all the it, comments from the businesses said they were accidents yeah well exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you spoke to the manager is the previous manager's fault yeah so, um, um the other things are which is another really sort of pragmatic one is mandatory public display of minimum wages in kitchens and like back of house for staff so they can just see it it's on display there so they know what they're entitled to which is i think a really good one mm. um yeah, criminal charges that could carry a prison sentence, and they're also holding franchises responsible for their franchisees. I thought that was a really good one. Which is yeah, really cool as well. So, so you can't just buy in and then basically do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, surely if it's a franchise, everything is sent down to you from your sort of head office anyway. Think so. Yeah. And it should include wages and, and pay yeah. structure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. do, tip procedure and things like that. You'd, you'd think it would be, but mm. so yeah, they're enforcing it or making them enforce it. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's definitely some of these things are also sort of like might be quite challenging to carry forward. Like you've got a name and shame register, but like hospitality is sort of relatively like wh- when when is the point when a when a business has redeemed itself and gets taken off that register? Like yeah, how so does that work? Time limit to yeah, it. like or Even also if it changes hands, like yeah. how who administers that sort of? I yeah. guess they have to regulate, revisit. Yep. Whether like it just takes a bit of place, work and resources. I eh? guess mm. so. Yon and Emma, do you guys want to comment on how what you've seen in terms of this issue, like within your experience in hospitality? I'm sure you probably had some staff walk through your doors who said that they got ripped off at previous jobs and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, heaps. Yeah. 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 Most of the time. Probably ninety percent. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess what like one of the questions that we had a look at last week was like, like yeah, what what sort of at what point is it? A cultural thing like that's the culture in a lot of businesses around Wollongong and what sort of and, and at what point is it assholes taking advantage of people if you know what I mean mm. yeah. I, I remember hearing a lot of people a lot of apprentices or chefs that have come in that have said they've worked in somewhere you know the, the place they were leaving to come and work for us would give them X amount of hours a week because then the the owners of the business didn't have to pay them certain you know, particular things, but every now and then, and it would kind of be written into a contract. That's what, that's the hours you work. This is what you pay. Um, but it didn't always align with um, sort of fair work mm. uh, guidelines. Uh, so yeah, a lot of them were quite surprised when we paid them sick pay, when we paid their super, <laughs> paid tax. It's like, oh, I've never, you know, if you work overtime, you get overtime. Yeah, you know? it's not um, just another hour that you've worked. You know. Um, yeah, got to be yeah. paid more for it. But that shows how, like, someone's surprised that they're getting paid oh, yeah. sick pay. That shows yeah. how, how messed up. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, like institutionalised. It's yeah. like yeah. a standard. Oh, you don't yeah. get paid sick pay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and people mean. just accept <laughs> it. Yeah. That's yeah. why I think you guys were saying in the, in the last podcast is that people, young people are too scared to mm. stand mm. up for themselves because A, they don't know their rights and B, they're afraid that they're going to get fired. So they just accept it, or and, they they, and the boss goes, yeah. "Yeah, or they think, yeah." Apparently, it's, it's kind of great because the baseline of being a good employer is just like not breaking the law. Apparently, so like, yeah. like, it's like coming like, "Oh, yeah. pay properly." Like, oh, thanks so much. Wow. Yeah, you're like, well, I'm the boss of the. There's year, like you yeah. think about like, places like Google like, where they've it's got really, like, that's a really sad thought. Yeah, though, is that, that that's like that's 
like what good is yeah you know, getting paid properly so like google yeah google like have table tennis and you're allowed to like this free time and free food and there's places where you can go rest <laughs> if you need to and like that's like a good employer but everywhere. in hospitality it's like you're a good employer if you don't play, break the law like yeah yeah <laughs> if you do the minimum of what's required yeah yeah, yeah. you're awesome yeah you're happy. awesome yeah. you're gonna yeah. keep your staff yeah sad state of yeah. <laughs> but, so, but then you get people who don't realise how good they've got it when they come to a place that does pay fair mm. and does treat their staff like they actually appreciate what they do they're like well you know it probably could be better yeah. so mm. we're going to go and find that somewhere else yeah then three months later you, uh, you, you hear that either they want to come back or they've changed jobs twice mm. in that three yeah. months mm. yeah. do you have a lot of people returning like after sort of seeing what, we don't, what's we don't out take them back no yes depends on where they've been if they, if they went to Babyface or Kevo you don't get them back <laughs> <laughs> no, what, I, what I find really surprising is that even though these places are named and shamed it's not like I don't know that their turnover has fallen mm. like I yep. don't know that people have stopped going there like for example somewhere that maybe bought undersized seafood and was also named and shamed for mm. the way they treated their staff yeah. but they're still cranking yeah, yeah. like in some way you think that um, yes it is to a certain extent for the staff to be responsible for their own rights but also for us to make sure that they are being enforced correctly but then also for the wider public maybe to you know support yeah. these guys that but are being basically yeah. um, exploited um, but it's also like that it's people got, like us that really give a shit, you know? Like, I, I think we're a little bit, because you're sort of a part of the industry and you keep abreast of all these issues and it's really close to you, we're a bit disconnected from how the general public sort of absorbs that sort of information and how that translates into their decision-making later on. Because there's some people that might read something and go, oh, the undersized seafood or whatever it is, and they go, like, oh, that's bad. And then two weeks later, it's like... Who gives a shit? Let's go there, like yeah. or whatever, like you know, like it's because it's so important to us. Like it doesn't we're the mean ones it's make those. necessarily yeah. that important to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're packed. not going to go there anyway. Yeah. The thing I mean, is that <laughs> when if you go to one of these restaurants, you'll often find that their food or their product is quite well priced. Yeah, and the reason that can be quite well priced <laughs> and competitive is cheap lobsters. Is because. <laughs> Um, because it's fucking illegal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to be quite as yeah, but it should yeah. be more just to cover their asses for later when they get caught. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. The fines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah markups are better than ours, but we're we're expensive. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. the way. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I think in in many ways that ties into a lot of problems that we have in the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. and that is that you've got it's not a level playing field. Mm-hmm. So people that are doing it right are um, in really hard competition with people that are doing it not right and um, people want to wonder, you know, wonder why maybe if they go into baby face their food is it's you know it's a slightly smaller portion well yep. it's because it's actually what yep. it says it is yep. Yep. Um, and because their staff are actually getting what they say they you know what they should be getting yep. Yep. Um, but then you know why isn't my plate overflowing and why isn't the floor awash with staff mm. well because they're not being paid correctly and the food on your plate you know. It wouldn't be an eighty dollar menu; it'd be one hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think that's part of. To me, that's that. That's what really irks me is that if what it results in is that it's not a level playing field. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. Well, like we can get into more of that later, but let's just quickly whip through a couple more things to kick off. Um, anyone? Any recent dining experiences? Anyone wants to share or anything? You know, anything so, interesting? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got a. 
voucher off a friend of ours. For, Do you want to explain what that place is for people who might not have heard of it? Yeah, it's a Japanese restaurant attached to the casino uh, in Sydney. Yep. So it's on. It's actually it's a bit better. Like when I say attached to the casino, you can enter from the western side, so the back of the casino, so you don't have to walk through it if you don't want to, which is a big one for me. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you don't um, have to dump two hundred into the pokies on your way. <laughs> no, I don't have to see <laughs> the casino. Um, but yeah, we're really lucky. We we're given a gift voucher for our wedding um, by our friends, and one of them, she happens to be the manager there. Um, so we got, we just got hooked up in true hospo form um, and got destroyed with all the. Uh, all the nice little bits, little bits of fish that they might get one or two of through the day off the tuna, or um, yeah. So we're really lucky. It was yeah. it was really good. Like it, yeah. It's a bit um, it's a massive sort of mixed bag of people in there. I, I found it quite interesting because you've got. I mean, speaking to I, that, that's our friend, the manager. She um, like, she said it's could be a high roller from the casino who's you know everything's whether it's been comped or and then it's like chefs from sydney that want you know really good fish or japanese food to pop into sea chase like that they obviously know um and then randoms that are just in the casino so it's this mixed bag of people yeah, right. going there and you could really notice that that's pretty cool um yeah it, yeah it's different there's a bar attached to it like the fit out's lovely they must have 110 120 seats and it was booked out Yep. Two sittings. Wednesday night. Wednesday. Just Fuck. pumping. Pumping. Be nice though. Mm. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was again, we were just you know, we got that we got that hospo love. Any uh standout dishes? Destroyed. We had um we had oh there was, actually we got sent some toothfish, which I've had before and it was it was okay, but like they like this miso glazed toothfish and it was like fucking delicious. It was mm. amazing. Mm. Um, and we got a bit of the tuna. He said it was like, it must have been either cheek or um, collar, like in the collar somewhere, but it was like just this super fatty. And they must have had like two bits of it, yeah. like out of what they got that day or something. And he bought it out like. Love it. Was, it. It was fucking delicious. Yeah. So <laughs> we were just lucky we got, we got looked after big time. Nice. So yeah, that was Love my, my cool. only one. And then we're going to hit six penny in a couple oh, yeah. of weeks because I haven't been there. I'd really like to go there. Cool. It's really good. Mm. Emma, you on? Yeah, I've heard. Any recent or memorable <laughs> No, we need to get married before we can go out. Um, <laughs> we cooked some mussels last night. <laughs> yeah, 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 they yeah were we good. did, because they yeah. were $8.99 on special for a kilo. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no, we haven't been out lately. <laughs> haven't been out lately. No. All right. Cool. All right. Simon? Uh, quite a good little new wine bar in town, uh, okay. Night Parrot on Crown Street. Yeah, right. Um, oh, I think I've heard of this one. Yeah, Is it the guys from The Postman's? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, uh, Choppy Chef is the owner there. Um, doing some pretty nice dumplings, pretty well-priced. Wine list is nice. Uh, and so until 2 a.m. on Friday, got Saturday. Yeah, got, got the licenses. Yeah, he so that's actually, like had to stick to his guns big time with yeah. licensing for that one. Took him pretty, ages. Pretty dangerous. Whereabouts is that one? Uh, it's sort of bottom of Crown Street um, near Moomin, also newish bar and sort of just... Yeah, okay. From uh, Howling Wolf. Cool. Um, but yeah, 2 a.m. Pretty dangerous. Lovely. That's good. So straight from the, the wolf across straight, the road. Yeah, there. literally straight from the wolf into there. Yeah. Had some uh, exo Finally. And Somewhere to go. Crawled well, home. Yeah, we went after work point. on Saturday. And I haven't really stepped foot on 
like down that into town on oh, fucking Saturday you night. Shown your face down. Oh, it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. a right cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> Bodies everywhere. Yeah. That's just the wolf boys. <laughs> yeah, that was just Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Still going from his birthday. <laughs> Cool. No, a good new addition though. Hey? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice of a, a, a late night place you can sit and have uh, a good drink. Sweet. Definitely lacking in Wollongong. Mm. Love it. Uh, I went to Automata on the weekend. Oh yeah. Which I haven't been to, yeah. which was really nice. So hipster. Gosh. Yeah, I know. You liked it though? Yeah. Really cool. I, th- I think the one that the, the thing that struck me the most about the place was just how just how much of a well oiled machine it is. Mm. It just looks like everything is just so... Like, because of the way the menu's structured, like, five courses, everyone gets the same thing unless you're a vi- uh, dietary. Yeah. And, um, you know, optional cheese course, pairing's pretty reasonable, like, 65, 90 bucks for the five courses and 65 yeah. for a pairing, which we didn't do. It's well-priced. Um, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, that's pretty good price. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just I, I just think that that... You know, they know where they are, they are. They're in the middle of Sydney. Like, there's fuckloads of people. It's, like, fantastic quality, so they're going to be busy all the time, which means that if you've got a menu structure like that, it's so yeah, you achievable. Can you can get out. everything right. Yeah. You know, you can ensure that your, your bookings are staggered at the right times and all that sort of thing. And so it's just... Everything just, like, was so smooth. And, like, to the point where the person I was with was pescatarian, and I, like, watched the, the person on that section, like just prepare her like one fillet of barramundi for the one replacement course that it was and he just put so much care into it like he just cooked it so nicely and then like watch that go to the pass and then the chef look over to where we were sitting and like the person I was with was in the bathroom and then like put the heat lamp down and then just like hold it and then she comes back from the bathroom chef looks over again and then straight to the table like it was just really really you know slick Mm. and well done so yeah and just really interesting menu cool like just I mean it is what it is super modern super cutting edge Um, so some of the some of the flavours were kind of like reminiscent of what I used to eat at home like with a Dutch mother uh, with a Dutch father and a Serbian mum like these like sort of pickles and ferments and like things Mm. like that kind of like a bit of Eastern European sort of flavors in that menu in that particular menu um but yeah awesome place cool experience i'm glad i got to go there nice and seasonal too yeah i do that yeah, really well yeah and just that. simple like a lot of yeah i don't know it's just like it's kind of that new movement of just like sort of like everyone everyone's trying to do at that level of dining these days but really letting produce speak for itself like steamed murray cod with just like this really subtle sort of like turnip and fennel accompaniments and stuff that yeah. are just like yeah just really nice. Mm. It's cool. So that was that. Um, and then I thought quickly, um, how was Valentine's Day for everyone? Did you guys do any events or anything? Or did you just have to make a bunch more pastries or something? Or We didn't do anything at the restaurant. We had we had three tables of two and the rest were like fours, fives, threes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really romantic. No. It's more of a swingers <laughs> bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They celebrate Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. That's well, why they were in groups of four. Yeah. 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 No, it wasn't... It's not a twos kind of it's, place. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not the sort of place that we can sort of chuck oysters to order or, you know, strew the, the floor with rose petals or anything like that. Um, well, it, so yeah. I get the rose we petals. We did that at home when he got home after service. <laughs> yeah. Look, it was a good night. It wasn't any worse than any other night and it wasn't any busier than we kind of expected um but yeah like em said it's not really 
the kind of place that you you go on a mm -hmm. romantic date. You know. Did you guys get to go out on a romantic date for Valentine's Day? No. no. Huh. Yeah, that's working. <laughs> <laughs> we never even we never even mentioned it. Never even, like the most he went was no hey flowers. God, no. 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 Got a couple of leftover roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if anyone needs a last minute one. Maybe you two have been in your relationships for too long. It's once you've got kids. He's not going to anyway. <laughs> Every day is special, mate. Every day is special. <laughs> Thank That's you. what it is. Thank you, yeah. I do something nice for my wife because I want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Valentine's right, Day. You've right? got your good points now. We're on right? the air, right? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you make sure that it's kept That's in? That's like when right? you used to say to your parents, like... Why isn't there a kid's day? There's a mother's day and a father's day. Now, every day is a kid's day. All right, cool. Sweet. Um, you guys, Valentine's Day, quickly. Uh, one of our busiest nights of the year. Of course. Um, all twos? All twos, yeah. We, like, we did have a, a, a four in one year. Whether they could that get into the swingers bar and yeah. like, or, uh, <laughs> yeah. or what it was, um, yeah, all, all twos, uh, sort of three sittings, very long, very long. Shift. Same menu as normal? No, no, diff uh, different menu, um, extra couple of snacks, champagne, rose for everyone, all that stuff. Um, yeah, really smooth, really busy. Cool. Um, yeah. How so, do you how do you arrange like? How do you stagger how everything gets out and all that sort of stuff? Um, it's just for the twos. Use we, this year we did it slightly different than we've done in previous years, but with the two split rooms downstairs. Mm -hmm. So you uh, basically sit one side, um, then stagger it with the upstairs rooms, and then sit that side. And then when room A is is finished, you reset that. New people come in and room B. So it's kind of all using the kind of four sort of rooms in the restaurant uh, to sort of stagger it. Yeah, the way that, that actually and works. then everyone in that room gets the same course at the same time yeah 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 so yeah. there's set many except for dietaries yeah um, which are quite a few of a couple of vegans as well um, so yeah it was uh, it was a big big push big day big day before um, here pretty late prepping with all the boys but it's yeah, it is what it is Gotta you know, you know Valentine's Day is going to be a, a full one every year so it's always nice to have those days you can yeah. count on sure good Andy same yeah all twos um, yeah, we were booked out from maybe a week out. Yeah. We just pick a number and that's reasonable and do it. We do the same times as far as like when we open. Mm -hmm. I open at six. Um, set menu for everyone. Makes it a bit easier. Yeah. I had one of our chefs off as well, Stan, that does the pass. So um, we had a one of our old chefs, Dylan, he came and helped, which he'd done the pass before, which was good. Uh, handy, and then we had another ring in. Um, Jimmy Butcher from Liam, he came and gave us a hand as an extra. Just you know, two two people that don't work there kind of added up mm. to one person, one strong person. <laughs> um, they did really well, which made made it easy. We were lucky. We had, we had two sixes, a five, and a four. Mm. Last year we did. Yeah, right. Last year we did thirty-eight twos, mm -hmm. and it's just it's yeah yeah it's that's, that's where you're gonna mm. maximise. I think with, with, with sittings, we, we found that in previous yep. years that trying to do it as, as a normal service or we used to do sort of earlier three course to yeah. get a few people through there but yeah most restaurant tables hold four if, you've, if they're all stuck with twos um, a lot of people's Valentine's days aren't as busy as you'd think because it's just twos mm -hmm. yeah. I remember my first one I worked in a restaurant and I was like shitting it a bit because like Valentine's Day and sort of the thing about it and then yeah we did like 30 people in a normally 60 seat restaurant because it's just twos on big mm -hmm. tables yeah, yeah. like ah that was easy 
Yeah, cool. <laughs> is there a push to get things out faster so that you can oh, turn yeah. tables? Yeah, we had to be pretty. Um, <clears throat> we had to get just like seven courses, um, but six six courses and like six snacks, so it's almost twelve courses in a sense. And um, we had to get the first lot out in two two hours fifteen minutes, which seems like quite a long. But it's pretty tight. No, that's, yeah. that's, that's like it's that's solid. Yeah, yeah. so it's um, yeah, so it was definitely we had to be here pretty early set up super early as well and everything had to to go out yeah, pretty, you get a lot, of, a lot of people staring into each other's eyes so the food doesn't quite go down yeah 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 exactly want. yeah but look, to, you can just kind of watch which makes it good for me oh, the, the, the early tables actually oh, like smashed it they were eating so quick yeah. so whether they wanted to get get their night started early did you serve oysters because yeah we did do oysters yeah good get them out of there snacks so yeah people were like we're smashing the food down like us trying to keep up with them for the first first round of people oh actually we had an incident there's always a fucking incident at baby face it's always got something oh this wine no someone did a walkout like really it wasn't like really related to us it was there was a family there there was six of them and um three had a pairing and three didn't. And one of the people they'd been before that had the pair and they liked it. I mean, some of the wine's a bit funky. Whatever, that's how we like it. Goes with the food. This one lady in particular, just she just didn't like two of the wines. And so we tried to fix it. We were like, okay, we'll, we'll just um, we'll replace the last wine. I thought, like, we were doing a um, blackberry sorbet with a few other things. And um, so I said, Jen, just do, like, maybe use a cocktail, like a nice sort of citrusy cocktail. Anyway, anyway so it would have gone well. She just, she, she was, I don't want that, don't want that. And then we kind of picked up that they were arguing amongst themselves a bit because the other people were fight, they liked it. And someone had ended up saying to her, like, just get over it, okay? And then it kind of erupted. And then Fuck. next thing, I'm serving desserts. And saves, two, you, saves you saying it. Two of them have got up, yeah, kind of. <laughs> have gotten up and walked out it's like okay I'm only serving four desserts to this table right I'm having fucking Valentine's Day yeah <laughs> anyway ah uh, the joys yeah anyway so, cool. but, we, but we had a good night yeah, good <laughs> it was alright makes it more interesting yeah. Whatever, you, yeah. you, you're prepared for it you know what's going to happen yeah. it's going to be busy you'd hope <laughs> yeah Anyways. cool well, good luck to all the Valentine's out there. Yeah. Till next year. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys are those women from Una Ball I Swingers? Only comes around once. Una Ball I Swingers. It's once. opposite the workers' club. Yeah. <laughs> There's always more room in the bowl for more keys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Cool. That's intros done. Uh, segment two real talk. So we're renaming this segment real talk. Because it makes more sense. Was so snappy, <laughs> yeah, the other one we didn't even know what the name was. <laughs> to be honest, when we did the other podcast, we didn't even have a name for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, now yeah. we've got one, yeah. and now we're refining the name of our segments. <laughs> um, so this one's—it's gone from Steph, Simon, and Andy discuss something to real it was, talk. It was, it was talk about a thing. Oh, talk about a thing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, was even, it was even worse. <laughs> so now it's real talk, real talk yeah. with Jon and Emma. Um, that's why we got you guys in here. Obviously, Sandy Goodwich has been a bit of an institution in Wollongong in terms of the cafe side of hospitality. Uh, and you've decided to close the place, which you'll be doing within the next week, yeah? Sunday the 25th. 25th. Sunday the 25th, mm. so yeah. Get in there. Mm. Get in. Oh, you can. Yeah. Um, I guess as a background, do you both maybe want to start by just telling us the sort of ethos that you wanted to instill into 
sort of the fabric of the business from the start because I think that probably has a lot to do with you know what we can talk about later mm-hmm. Emma okay. it's kind of actually when you, when you put it like that it's kind of it makes it more of a cycle <clears throat> because it led to its downfall really um, oh, thank you <laughs> um, that's awesome um, we in we came up with the idea about seven years ago. We opened about six years ago. And the thing for us was to make everything we could on site. So um, whether it was the bacon, pastrami, the pickles, the ferments, um, the pastry, eventually the croissants. We thought about bread and then thought that was just one step too far. <laughs> um, you know, everything, the mayo, all the sauces. Um, and that we wanted it to be... Uh, as local the produce as possible, that we um, it was ethically and sustainably sourced, etc. Which I know all sounds like you know buzzwords now, but seven years ago, it was it was not as common as it is now. Especially in cafes, I think that's what we kind of have to. Especially in cafes, and also I think bit. down in Wollongong. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, we sort of we wanted to create somewhere that was welcoming, that was hospitable. Um, and we sort of ran it all the way through to the way the place was actually set up and designed so it's an extremely open kitchen Mm. it was like we used to have people initially come in put their head in and go oh sorry is this someone's lounge room and then they turn around and walk out like they'd actually think they're walking into someone's house because it's like literally just one room with no division between the kitchen and the and the floor Mm. and when we opened we worked off literally camp stoves yeah two camp stoves and a toaster two sandwich presses and we managed to put out all that stuff off yeah we didn't even have a we didn't even have a stove we had um a um domestic oven essentially we had no exhaust fan that was the reason we had that oven was because you didn't need to have an exhaust (laughs) to to have that oven um and yeah we just made it work basically no cool room one fridge yeah and the plan was yon me so Jon on food, me on pastry and coffee, and then one person on the floor, and that lasted six days. And then we got Tom in, Tom Cimento. Oh wow! He yeah. was our first. Yeah right. He yeah, was our first. Was our first dishy. Yeah, he was our dishy actually. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. There you go. Yeah, well, right. he came in and made himself quite at home in the dish section. Yeah, um, he does that in all, 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 all facets of everything. No matter what section. Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. himself at home. <laughs> well, I, I said to him, you know, you told me once when I worked with you at Diggies that you come and, you know, work with me if I ever open a place. Well, I've, I've opened a place and <laughs> I need someone to wash up. And he just came in and started washing. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. That's basically All right. That's the background. Um, I guess, like, we have to try to structure one at a time the reasons why you guys made the decision to close. Um, but, yeah, I mean, why don't you give us an overview of some of the some of the things that led to your decision to close Sandy Goodwich? Um, like Em said, you know, when we when we first opened, we wanted to do everything ourselves, we wanted to make everything, and people really found that unique. Uh, I think a lot of people still find it unique, but they can, they can go to other places that say they do similar things again in cafes like you said Stefan it's not that common uh, for things like that to happen Um, and while people might be making things themselves it may not be with such ethically sourced produce or local produce Uh, you know people say oh we source everything locally 
um, how local do you want to go before it's you know like is Canberra local is Sydney local there's such an amazing variety of food around here that mm. you know, mm. try and get it from around here and it was it was well received people loved it and eventually you know it the busier you get the more time you need to put into it um, and the more you're spending on produce but unfortunately people are not willing to pay all the time what things are worth mm. so when you're spending you know we probably started spending you know 50 to 60 hours a week at the cafe because we weren't open weekends and then we opened weekends and the hours increased uh, young family didn't get to spend so much time with them and I guess had it been had we been able to charge what things were worth and we're making you know the, the sort of the sort of money that you would expect when you charge that much mm. um, that would have been one thing. Had it given us more time to spend with family, that would have been another thing. But neither of those things really took off. The kids were also very young, weren't they? The kids Ari was Ari was two, and I was three months pregnant. Yeah. So Billy yeah. was born. Well, she, when yeah, we Ari was just just just. No, two. that's not right. Actually, is it because Billy was born when Ari was two? Yeah. So um, we opened when Ari was eighteen months old. Yeah. And I was three months pregnant. And we yeah. were pulling 80 hours a week, and I was back within five days of having a baby. Um, and it almost <laughs> killed, like it literally almost killed, killed us. It, it almost, almost killed, killed our us, relationship. But yeah. it almost killed me as well. No, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes I wish you'd yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think if you're, getting, if, you're, if you're making a shitload of money and not having much time with your family, then you think, you know what, I can save up and I can, you know, in 10 years' time I'll be done. And I can, you know, and then we can do whatever buy that want. buy that time back. I know you can't really, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Or if I was, you know, chilling down the beach three days a week and working a couple of hours, and you know, that'd be another thing. But if you're not getting either of those things, and all you're doing it for is the love and the passion, which is what we did for, you know, however long it was, that's what we started definitely, with, yeah. yeah, absolutely. If that's starting to wane, it's not. It's going to start to show on the plate. It doesn't take long to start to show on the plate. And then it also shows in your staff. They don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, we just didn't want to start peddling something we weren't proud of. Yeah. And if you don't want to sell something you're not proud of, the best is either to sell it, which no one was going to buy it. Um, you'd have to be crazy. Um, or because the thing was that you'd, you'd be selling to someone you've got to sell what it was that made the heart of it you know? yeah. and that yeah. wasn't going to happen yeah. so um, the we best is to to sell it and then still work there so we, then we would have actually been paid what we were that's even yeah. that's more than we were getting paid before yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it ties you back into the being paid below award mm. um, yeah. so what about, what about the owners yeah, the best, yeah. <laughs> constantly paid under award yeah the best is just to walk away and try, you know, and do something else. Walk away with everything, with, with your reputation intact, and, and you know, we can yeah. say that we never deviated from what we thought when we first opened the place. You know, we we made the bacon, you know, two, you know, every ten days another batch of bacon started. Every five days another batch of pastrami started. Every day, you know, croissants were started, bagels were started. It never. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember everything. twice in, in six years that we ran out of bacon mm. and it wasn't like oh shit we'll just go down to the shop and buy some more bacon yeah, it was like no, no bacon. sorry that's it because you, know, yeah. um, you know every now and then you get an apprentice yeah. who forget to say oh this is the last yeah. bit of bacon <laughs> and you're like oh great so for yeah. 10 days now we don't have anything yeah. where do we order the bacon from yeah. 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 but in the, uh, <laughs> in the industry in 
Wollongong as far as like since you guys opened and to now you're like the reputation is exactly that I'll just say that in amongst like the chefs and, and everyone knows yeah. that you guys did that and you continued to do that without any sort of like Jim was talking about it today like there was never one little bit of oh don't worry about it or no it's like it's this way or you know and we yeah. tried we tried to be like that at our restaurant um yeah. People pay a lot more money. I mean, the mar- the margins are probably very the similar. The margins are the same. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. you know, like people expect that there. Like people, as you said, don't necessarily expect that at, at a cafe. But um, yeah. it became an institution, yeah. and for for that reason, I got, I've got massive respect right. I say that right now for for what you just said and why you're closing, mm. and the way you're doing it. And that's like people should fucking listen to that. Yeah. And, and take note. And kids coming up, yeah. like integrity and like transparency. Uh, yeah. a, are something that'll make you a really, really good chef. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I think the thing was also that um, we thank you. That's yeah. what. No, it's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> um, is that like you sort of touched on it? Is that Jan's training was in like one and two hat restaurants, like fine dining, and one of the things that he realised. Sorry, I'm going to tell the story for you. Yeah, that's right. Um, one of the things that he realised when it was, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I you around for. Um, one of the things that he realised partway through was that, um, firstly, he didn't want to be treated like shit anymore. Um, but uh, old school kitchens and all the rest of it. But the other thing was that um, you were cooking this food that only a certain level of people could afford. You know, because yeah. you know, at that time it was like maybe a plate of food was thirty bucks, which then in the nineties was yeah. was big Massive. deal. Yeah. 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 Um, and wanted to take that technique and that discipline and apply it to food that could be bought and was more accessible to everyone else. And um, we started talking about a sandwich shop and then we sort of got more and more involved and then we realised that what he was talking about, some of this technique, was stuff that was taught in these fine diners and then put on a sandwich. And we thought that's a kind of cool way to make you know some really tasty food with some good technique available for yep. 10 bucks i think when we when we started it was Sandwiches 11 dollars or something and there were 10 bucks ta- and it was like two different wasn't it takeaway takeaway was slightly cheaper and, and the, yeah and the reason we brought that in was because it was like excessive yeah it was a tw- it was 25 seats and we were getting like flogged Flocked, and yeah. we needed to turn tables over so the best thing we could think of was to charge less to take away yeah. so people would take their sandwich and leave to free up the, the table yeah, so yeah. we could turn more over get out um, <laughs> yeah. basically yeah anyway um but, but did that work it did that's really cool i've never seen that i've yeah. heard of that before but really. you're in you're like the hospital Oh, being, yeah. Like that strip yeah. there is very much that, that it lunch was, trade. It was yeah. perfect yeah. for that when we're, there was us, there was Crown Cafe next door, Crown. and there was Fresh on Crown. There were three places. There was mm. no many. Yeah. Uh, so many was Crown, there. Fresh Crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday on Crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why did we think of that? Guys. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and that was the whole idea, was to get, like, this, you know, and that was, like, when I think about the... The mint jelly that we make. Like we make the mint jelly and we poured over that for months. How mm. do we come up with a mint jelly that won't melt, melt when it hits the um when the, when, when the when lamb, the lamb and the it. Yep. and it sits on the yeah. toast and like poured over that. Even like at the time you couldn't get the bread that we wanted. So we ended up going with berry bread, but they could only mm. deliver a certain number of days because they didn't deliver as many days as they do now. Yeah. Yeah. So we would have had to use stale bread. So we decided we'd toast it. And then you're like, okay, when you get a toasty and all the stuff inside goes soggy, how are we going to fix that? So mm. then we had to, all this thought that went into, so you know. We had to go, right, well, we need to make it to order. 
as opposed to stuck yeah, them in the window put and the, the rocket on it. It looks beautiful when yeah. it's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So and as soon as you, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like Salty. that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck yeah. in your teeth. It's like so, wil- wilted mescaline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they put hot something on top of mescaline, mm. yeah. it looks great nice for 30 warm, seconds. Soggy lettuce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's delicious. Mm. <laughs> but even the order of like having the mayo on there, the mayo has to go on in a particular order. Otherwise, when the split. yeah otherwise yeah you put the meat on top and then it'll split because mm. so the mayo has to go on the lid not on the base the condiment goes on the, like yeah. it pull it apart and there was a lot of thought that you would put into thought yeah. that you would put into like a, a fine dining plate yeah. right that's what people don't see as well no yeah. so you can't and, charge and, and, and for to it us, and why would they see as well because without having that view of, of what a kitchen does but that's just, that's work and time you guys put in yeah, and, and that that that's money. That's worth money. Yeah, um, but people don't people don't see that. Yeah. in price. It's, yeah. it's not it's not just it's not just a sandwich put together. It's not you know all the food we do. It's not just that on a plate. There's thought process. There's sourcing. Yeah. There's there's working out the intricacies of it. Yeah. There's coming up like facing problems and well fuck how do we, how do we change that? I can't Go believe back we again. didn't make the the, the 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 aioli that we make now is eggless. It doesn't split when it gets hot. <laughs> yeah, right. What the hell weren't we doing that in the it's first place? It's a damn sight cheaper you know? to use eggless, non-free range. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we were using free range eggs in our mayo, yeah. like yeah, you know, like just stupid but stuff. All that's that, off. Yeah, and yeah. people won't, people won't pay for it. And no matter how much you try and, it, I hate the term to educate the customer, but no matter how much you try and explain it to them, why it costs what it does, yeah. they they just don't understand or they don't want to hear it. And mm-hmm. if they're told by someone else down the road that what they're buying is organic and free range and all the rest of it and they can get it for 10 bucks they'll think oh my god I'm such a good bargain hunter how clever (laughs) am I and that's what yeah exactly and they'll go especially when they're buying it three like buying lunch three or four days a week people that are in that position I've found like in my experience is they will go for the bigger coffee that's not necessarily as good or like we spoke about the price of beans Mm. that we use when we're using seven seeds I mean we could use shit coffee and you charge the same but you don't but that's the difference between good coffee bad coffee that's the difference between a good sandwich and a bad sandwich Mm. like in my eyes (laughs) but yeah it's the same with yeah I don't think there's look I don't eat sandwiches Sandy Goodwich most of the time or you know especially not anywhere else and I don't think that the sandwiches are particularly bad sandwiches I just think there's some false advertising going on in regards yeah. to what yeah what's in them or how they're you know just prepared. Yeah. I think like, like, like you said with local yeah. like how many people say their food's local and you see where it's from and you're like well that's not like because there's, there's no definition of it there's no cut off point there's no yeah. you know just that the other I always say uh, like back in the UK local is really like that next field like yeah. the restaurant we used to work at we had cows in the next field that we would use and that was local but Australia being so much more vast it's really hard to, to pinpoint what locality is mm. um, so people can just throw that word, throw that word around do you reckon yeah. uh, this is a bit of a tangent? Do you reckon Tassie gets a bit of an unfair advantage because if you're in Tassie, everything's local, <laughs> like everything that well, comes from Tassie is local? Yeah, yeah, in a sense. But yeah. like if you're in Wollongong, <laughs> if you go to Canberra, it might not be local. It's just yeah. too far. But like it could be from one corner of Tassie oh. to the other, and it's all local. You've also got a free yourself <laughs> down there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. not saying anything <laughs> well, bad great. about oh, that, yeah. but I just yeah. think that it's funny because Tassie, yeah, yeah. well, Tassie's just this one little island of yeah. local. Yeah, like if you know what I mean. There's no like. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's not. Mm. It's not very far from one to the other, but it is. I mean, if you just take, still take twelve hours to drive to the yeah. other side. <laughs> of Tassie. It's like you guys right. stuff from Community Farm. From mm. What's the guy's name? Harry. Harry. Yeah. Um, that's local. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Local is not 
northern New South Wales yeah. or like it's just because you get it from the Sydney markets doesn't mean it's local mm. yeah. it's, it's, from Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. it's the same as free range like 10,000 chickens per hectare or yeah. 1,500 like yeah. don't don't try and tell me they're the same thing and don't exactly. try and charge the same yeah. it's mm. it's yeah it, it's um, a rabbit hole yeah, it is absolutely, and if it like, it, I suppose we kind of touched on it before. It's not a level playing field, yeah. and the consumer will take on the information that they want, and they'll discard what they don't want to yeah. hear. Yeah, we and spoke about it last week mm. a little bit, didn't we? Just yeah, about not bit. wanting to pay what things yeah. are worth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that that's like that's a whole pod. Like, I mean, it's a whole podcast about this public perception and education. But um, let me just direct us a little bit because. You know, like how long was Sandy Goodwich open? Or six years. Six years. So, like, I mean, you've got you've got six That's years under your belt, and you, you you know, with the increased cost of electricity and the increased cost of produce and wages and all mm. the rest of that sort of thing, like prices on your menu sort of like have risen. But one of the things that you mentioned to me, Emma, was that you can't rise you can't raise your prices in accordance with the rising cost of everything else like it's impossible so you're just taking the hit every time yeah. and mm. so i want to try to like focus on a few of these extraneous challenges that are faced by yourselves and other restaurants and stuff like that and and why it's so hard and maybe some we can talk a little bit about what maybe can be done or what business owners can think about when going into it but so for example like do you want to just try to talk on the topic of the increased cost of produce like that the and and how that sort of compares to your ability to continue to charge for it like the the cost of meat in even in the last six years has just skyrocketed everything really has yeah Yeah. recently yeah the cost of produce isn't static yeah like like one week it could be this much one week it could be that much but you you can't you can't really run a menu like that yeah you can't have everything market you can't say this week the sandwich is ten dollars yeah yeah it's accepted to do that for any other any other yeah any any other industry in the in the world works like that like Mm. you know yeah. <laughs> when you go down to like when people buy meat is, is sort yeah. of a problem that no, the price goes up and down yeah, yeah absolutely I remember a few years ago there was um, there was an egg shortage I think it was and um, or the, no I think there was a glut of eggs particularly free range and um, I think it was the egg board um, was trying to create a cartel and they dumped like hundreds of thousands of eggs to try and drive the price up and the it was disgusting. It was really it was so sad. And um, a box of free range eggs, fifteen dozen, went from something like forty two or forty eight dollars. At the moment, they're seventy five. Are they seventy two dollars? That's 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 in let's say it wasn't at the beginning of the six years. Let's say that was maybe four years ago. Yeah. yeah. So that's just your eggs. Yeah. Um, what have you What have you all to put in perspective? You say when you opened your sandwiches about ten bucks, and now they're fourteen. They're fourteen. They started at no ten eighty was to take away, yeah. and we ummed and ahed over this forever because we're like, will someone go over ten dollars for a sandwich? Yeah, yeah. And we that's and we were like, if you add on a can of coke or something or a coffee to ten eighty, will that kick you over fifteen dollars? And it didn't. Yeah. So right. that was why we settled on that as a price. Yeah. So it I think 10, it was 10, 10, 10, 80 and eleven twenty or something yeah. like that. Mm. So you've got to buy less than a dollar a year on the price. So, yeah, yeah, and much. we and yeah. we and it agonise every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was eggs. I remember that specifically. So, you, so your egg cost of your eggs is already pushed past what you've put your menu. Yeah, up, when we priced it out, yeah, I think we priced out eggs. 
we'd, was was like a, a lost leader. It was basically. actually, yeah. yeah we knew that every time we saw it. But yeah. if someone wanted a chicken and somebody else wanted a lamb, we'd make money make on the lamb. lamb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or the veg yeah. as well. We, and we decided to price everything the same yeah. as well. But mm. um, the, that was, what else was there that went up? Like, there was a big jump. Bananas when the uh, cyclone, like right. yeah, cyclone yeah, Larry. Yeah, yeah, cyclone Larry. Bananas avocados. Were, oh, yeah, avocados as well. Yeah. Although yeah, we, we don't have an avo, we don't have like, avo on toast. Like at at, but, yeah. at the at the cafe, we make the chili jam and capsicums. capsicums. You know, we buy. I go into the market and buy a box of capsicums in high season for like five dollars because they've got you know seconds or whatever and yeah. for chili jam and so on. But if you if I didn't if I hadn't gone in and I just ordered them over the phone, they'd come in at forty dollars. Yes. Yeah, and you like yeah. I, I go I go and pick all my stuff if it doesn't come from a farm. Like yeah. we get a lot of our stuff from the Hartley Valley from um, Epicurean Harvest. Mm. If it doesn't come from them I I drive out and pick it myself. Yeah. yeah. It's mm. like you can get Depending a box. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the moment a box of you can get a box of tomatoes for ten bucks. But we I remember the first time we hit winter and we didn't we weren't prepared for what was gonna happen. Like they jumped bucks. to fifty something. No, they're like it's seventy seven, bucks. Okay. And all yeah. of a sudden you're like got these jars of of chutney that you're selling for ten bucks which yeah. you're not making any money on and you've got, you know, however many grams we weighed out to go on each sandwich, which is now costing you, you know, almost triple what you mm. anticipated. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah. yeah. Our, our tuna's gone from, <coughs> excuse me, our tuna's gone from thirty nine fifty flat price when we opened to sixty dollars a kilo. Mm-hmm. Here in Marsa, yeah. fill it from thirty seven fifty to forty four fifty. Is it any cheaper if you buy a whole fish? Yeah, I mean, of course, the whole fish price is cheaper, but yeah, um, the way much. our menu's structured, <laughs> yeah. I. I I have to start at, at seven to, to get all that fish broken down. Yeah. I started about eight thirty, nine o'clock anyway. Um, but yeah, I and there'd be too much. Like I'd end up getting rid of a lot of the like the carcasses. We'd use what we could, yeah. like smoke them, make sauce, make stocks, whatever. But like you just wouldn't use it all. Mm. So mm. anyway, um, like the salmon has gone from we get a specific salmon, like the New Zealand salmon, but that's gone to thirty seven fifty kilo fillet but it, it is it has jumped like yeah. tuna alone yeah. 20 dollars a kilo yeah and our beef price like beef le- lamb <sighs> yeah no like lamb fluctuates <laughs> but like beef and lamb like we yeah we pay for good stuff at mm-hmm. the restaurant yeah. um and, but, and that's in the last 18 yeah. months yeah we've we've been well we've been up in two years in march that's yeah. that that's yeah. gives you an example of how yeah. quickly things have gone up yeah. because we don't up use and down, you know, and at that kind of level of i mean that would just be ridiculous to put that on a sandwich mm. even i admit that's ridiculous yeah, yeah. Um, sandwich. yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but like the yeah, yeah yeah um there's an idea as a snack. um that and you know at this le- you know at sandwich level of 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 meat and whatever it's um it's crazy it's yep. really you know and even f- the other thing is like for example cooking it through the night slowly yep. uh, the the cost of the electricity to do that is is mm. insane yeah. and then you come in as well because i'll come in at five in the morning and the place has been cooking overnight and i'm like right now i've got to cook croissants yeah. you know, and the whole place is, so then i need aircon. yeah mm. it's you know it's not it's just never ending yeah. yeah so i guess um yeah like i guess the point that that sort of comes out of this is that the cost of ingre- the cost of your ingredients at, across all your venues, no matter what level that it is, raise it, it raises faster than you're able to raise the price. Oh yeah, like, mm. yeah. 
and way, way faster. That yeah. just simply means that you guys have to absorb the financial hit and then look for other ways to. Yeah, I mean, it kind of ties in what we were saying um, last podcast about how people get squeezed, and if you haven't got the ability to to use cheaper cuts or to you know, use up leftovers, to, you know, saying about the We've the, the bugs of the cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of time, it's the staff to get the hit of that. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a bit of bit of a cycle <laughs> yeah and it's just I guess it's just such a shame too because yeah it's like it's like you were saying before Emma about the level playing field um, the people that are trying to do the right thing are the people that feel the effects of this sort of thing the most yes. yeah. which is which kind of sucks because yeah. there should be somehow out there like support support for a yeah. positive ethos and a positive sort of you know just pushing food culture in the right direction. Yeah. And people do have this sort of cap on certain foods, like you're saying, like like pushing above that ten dollars for a, for a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that there is a cap up in people's minds yes. where they go eleven dollars for a sandwich. I can get a sandwich down there for for eight bucks. I mean, then you look and, and at some places that are charging like you know fifteen, eighteen dollars for a sandwich, mm-hmm. and you yeah. think, and, you're and, and we're the ones in, that are referred yeah. to as being expensive. Yeah. but they've yeah. got a view. Yeah. They also use. They also have tourists come through. And a lot. people, and yeah. people, when they sit there, with, oh, I guess we're paying for the view. Like that's the yeah, 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 sure yeah, yeah. Not paying for the project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good markup on a view as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 great. I mean, you could stand over there and get a takeaway sandwich, and yeah. you could still have the same yeah. view. And but, all you but I guess the rent, is... the rent's an issue oh, when it yeah. comes to that. And yeah, yeah. Similar that's, yeah, no, yeah. that's, that's fair enough. But all you're going to end up with is a completely homogenous product. No matter whether you go down near the beach or up near the hospital or wherever it is. It, all your all that's pushing towards is to get rid of the ones um, on either side, and you end up with with pretty same shit everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, and and then so let's quickly talk about another example that you gave me, Emma, which was um, things like ele- electricity and just running costs. Same story. You can't you can't raise your prices to match the the, the rise in in these costs no. as well. We had. The last electricity bill for the last quarter was stupid. It was like I actually had a physical reaction. Um, <laughs> um, and um, <laughs> and um, yeah, there was there was no way. And I suppose the thing is, and I, and I can kind of understand it from the um, consumer's point of view. Like if I'm if I've got a quarter quarterly electricity bill that doesn't include gas, so let's add like let's say conservatively eight nine hundred dollars worth of a quarter for gas and electricity is going to cost me three hundred dollars shy of four grand for a quarter um and i'm being squeezed pretty tight and i know that there, my staff wages are going up by like what is it about 40 cents a year with um, yeah, the industry yeah, 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 yeah. In, industry goes up but no one else in any in most other <laughs> industries is getting a wage rise and their electricity is going up at home. Their gas is going up at home. They're, you know, when they go down to Woolworths or whatever it is, they're paying more for everything, but they're not getting any wage rise. They can't absorb my sandwich either. Yeah. You know? They don't so have any money either. They don't have yeah. any yeah. either. Yeah. So I can kind of understand where they're coming from, but don't come to me and tell me it's expensive. I'm understanding where you are. Please understand where I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's I'm, the point. Don't yeah. whinge that it's expensive because yeah. it's, it's not it's, it's not, not even appropriately costed. Yeah, yeah. Price. yeah. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's actually too cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I suppose that that that's what hurts a bit is that yeah I don't know, the electricity was pretty bad. Um, rubbish went up a bit. Um, rubbish removal. 
Um, what else is there? But basically yeah. everything. everything. Just yeah. 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 Your rent goes up for the building you're in. Like it, yeah. and it, and, and, and the small business, your margins are that tight anyway. And it, yeah. when you actually like think about all the points you've just made that go up per, per year, <coughs> if I, like if we put our prices up, Imagine like you're saying, Steph, with that accordingly, like you just you wouldn't exist anyway because no one would come in. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah, that, that's yeah. the thing is that you're buying yourself a job. Yeah, but you know what I mean, and that's yeah. the weird thing about it is that you by it's by absorbing thing. those costs, you're kind of buying yourself some sort of creative control that you can stay in your job. But other than that, you're not buying yourself. You, you're not. You don't have anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's. Um, but that's a, that's kind of the way I think. You, you, it's just it's the way it has to be, isn't it? Really, it, well, if you want yeah. to operate like operate with integrity and use good produce and you work your butt off to pr- to prepare it all day. Yeah. It ends up being consuming, but I mean, when there's no, whether it be understanding, as you said, from the customer in your prices, like if they say expensive or whatever, as an example, then when does it become not worth it, I guess? And that's, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. you guys are asking yeah. it. Yeah. It's when it, it's when whatever it is that founded it isn't there anymore. Yeah. And for us, it was the love and the passion. And all that was left to us was to stop like I said, stop buying all that stuff that makes yep. it special or stop buying the ingredients that we then yeah. spend hours and hours and hours over to make it special yeah. and just buy it in, you know? Mm. And then you really do have nothing. I'd rather go for a long swim that way and not come back. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Not it really tazzy. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm going to Tassie, guys. I'm going to go work on one of the, one of the shits. <laughs> yeah. I suppose... The weird thing is the number of people that have come in in the last like two weeks and particularly today, today was really hard, the people asking why and yep. and then there's really lovely people who say, you know, I remember I had my first date here and da 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 or yep. um, my child had their first whatever here or um, my thank husband you. came and got food while I was in the hospital and couldn't When eat. I had my food, yeah, when yeah, I had a baby. Got that one, get yeah, that one yeah. Here, you? Um, and even, you know, like, you, and then there are very kind people that come in and say, you raised the bar. Um, you you pushed it harder. You raised the bar. Um, you know, with communal dinners that they, they didn't really happen very much before, and um, the chef studio stuff, and the fact that you know, and and also the thing that it was built on in the beginning, and it's kind of cool. Mm. I, and I'd rather leave before that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. We don't take very much away, other than reputation, integrity, um, and. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd actually rather right. be able to pay I my mortgage, know. but then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can take that. You can take it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, and and then just quickly t- to touch on one other thing that you mentioned to me, Emma. The when you go to your area of Crown Street, it's a shit show. Like at the moment, like it's you, there's, it's, it's better than it was. Yeah, incredibly. So like, like I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> when we uh, when I when I did a podcast with you at Sandy Goodwich for the Illawarra Cookbook, yeah. we were interrupted by jackhammering basically the whole time. And there's seriously nothing worse than that when you're trying to sit at a cafe and have a like relaxed lunch. Mm. Yeah. whatever it is like do you want to just talk a bit about the construction like you told me you yeah. lost parking like all that sort of thing the, yeah the, look there's um there's a, a huge building site next to us like it is it's 
huge. It, and they've been digging it for two years. And like, not just like digging, digging, but like full on explosions, like controlled explosions, um, spray, like the full deal, right? So for it 10 weeks. It sounds like it's not real. They had like, expl- it's yeah. Yeah. Expl- <laughs> explosions. For 10, <laughs> like, for 10 weeks, yeah. they, t- they'd, they, yeah, they would close off the road, like Crown Street, where we were, um, from like 12.30, so our main lunches. So you couldn't drive in and you couldn't get out. And they would do, like I said, these controlled, and it would feel like an earthquake. Yeah, it was right. real. Everything yeah. would rumble. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. Then we lost our parking. Um, then um, various other bits and pieces. And um, every, every now and then they they closed the road for fifteen minutes or twenty minutes because then, trucks would be coming yeah. in and out. They had parking specifically for the building site, but because the trucks were so big, they'd take three or four car spots that they didn't have so that the truck could actually pull in mm, properly to its parking spot. And they'd say, it's okay, in the, when it's all over, it'll be amazing because there'll be like, you know, 80 apartments that'll be able to buy all your stuff. And, yeah. 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 and the then meantime, in the meantime, yeah. yeah. And Any compo? No. Yeah. In addition exactly. to that, there so, was yeah. the idea that there's the methadone clinic around the corner, which we knew beforehand, and the Piccadilly, and the guy across the road with the chainsaw. But... There was, there was all, all that yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but so I'd go out the back sometimes, well, a fair bit, and there'll be needles. Um, there'd be I've, the number of times I've picked up human feces, wow. cleaned up vomit. I, I have been, a, I was a bartender in the cross for a while, for many years. <laughs> actually, there. I do the graveyard. It's worse. It's worse than I used to deal wow. with right. at the Bourbon in the Cross. Back at Crown Street, like, worse than the it Cross. Was just, it was, it's disgusting. So anyway, but you the, heard it here. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. maybe <laughs> not first. But you heard it here. But the thing is that I can't ask my staff to do it if they haven't seen me do it yeah. so no, they saw yeah, me do yeah. it I've picked up um, human feces out the back of baby face so oh, it's decided they wanted it's part to of the yeah, initiation process yeah. for any like self respecting yeah. like, I do it just, just for practice you sometimes you guys are coming on I'll just catch you doing it just go in the backyard but um. the, the thing is that, like, that's bad enough. Methadone clinic down around the corner, and I come in at like, you know, like I said, pretty early, like five o'clock, whatever, and they'll be lined up out the front. Yeah. Um, and I'd lock myself in because it sometimes can be a little bit intimidating. But we got a letter the other day that they want to move the methadone clinic to pretty much next door, so we would share the same car park. The back. That, that house, that the house, house exactly. Yeah, okay. So yeah. basically, perfect distance to where our little lane is. Yeah, where, where yeah the, they'd all the, be out the back. The yeah. Yeah. Station, it's, 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 yeah. it's that same car park. You access yeah. the building from the. From the so yeah, too. and at that point, we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Seriously, it's just it. You're. Mm. It's already piling up anyway, yeah. and you're kind of like, you know what? I just don't have the energy. Mm. And if you're starting to feel that way, and it's just. Oh, yeah. those sorts of little things. When, oh. when you're working that hard, like yeah. anyway, yeah. and it's already hard enough with gas and all the prices, all the things we've just mentioned, you've got those little things yeah. compiling on top of it. Like, yeah. There's only going to be a negative, really. Like, people aren't going to even to sign even, a sandwich. Yeah, like, even before the methadone start. clinic, there's people breaking into the garages that are in the back. Yeah. Oh, um, there was the dildo as well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. I came in and the guys. It wasn't a dildo. Sorry, it was an electric vagina. You're into that shit too, Steph? Yeah. I haven't been given one, but we're looking for sponsors. It was just the box and it said, feels like it's first time every time. 
<laughs> and pages of a porno. Needles. Oh. Cut our hose to make bongs with. And that's out. And your <laughs> the toilet's out the this back. This is as well, basically right? yeah. yeah right. So yeah, it was. But also out the back, there's the ultrasound clinic for new for pregnant women for pregnant women who come with their babies. Toddlers everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But like what? Gee. When when we yeah. fill out an application to do a, a liquor license, you know, we've yeah. got to we've got You've to got hand to out a, a form about this yeah. environmental impact that apparently we're going to cause by serving <laughs> wine in our restaurant. <laughs> mm. yeah. What about the impact these well, guys been caused by? Fucking yeah. setting off bombs next to mm. your, yeah, yeah. next to your business. Where's the impact? There? Is there compensation? So yeah, that's, no, yeah. that's yeah. my question. There, 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 there were a so few incidents where they were yeah. blasting, and there's a, a childcare centre where our kids used to go. They weren't there at the time, but rocks flying over the fence. Yeah. Into, into the child care centre they got oh fined like $30,000 yeah because they didn't put up correct netting yeah right the shit, shit show is definitely yeah. the appropriate yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah it's dildos. interesting like that I, <laughs> that's I, pretty funny I, this is an aside but like <laughs> I parked near a construction <laughs> site the other day I threw out the tongs after I parked near a construction site the other day Sorry. <laughs> That's alright, we can keep talking Don't about worry, this. It's, it's, it's very yeah, 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 <laughs> No sandwiches were harmed. It's, it's I, offered it, yeah, I, <laughs> I offered it to the apprentice before, but he didn't want it. Fine dining. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so good material. What was I saying? Oh, oh, it's just a stupid story. But basically, I parked near a construction site the other day. They were pouring concrete, and my my car, like when I got back to my car, had like pieces of wet concrete on oh, it. That sucks. Like because it flew over the fence. Yeah. And like, luckily it was wet, and I just sort of washed got it off it. when I got yeah. home. But like That's you don't, <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I don't know. But so in relation to this, the my first question is, when they started that construction. How did they sort of engage with you guys and, and they didn't. nothing? They didn't at all. There was a letter saying that there's going to Well, happen, the, yeah. the, the site was for sale for God knows how oh, long. Forever. Once we, already when we moved, when we took over the premises, there was already a sign for sale for whatever, but DA approved. Uh, and then like three years later, it... They had to put it through DA and it went through... But the thing was that for what they wanted to build there, which is basically like a little village, like it should be amazing for people in the area. Mm. It should be amazing. Mm. But it's taken down numerous businesses around mm. it. Um, but in order to support what they were going to build, they had to dig, I think it was three or four stories down to put a yeah. car park. Yeah. But And it's bedrock. But Yeah, it is. Right. It's basalt. And um, they then decided to change the usage of one of the things they were going to put in. I think they were going to make a private hospital or something. But in order to do that, they had to dig another layer down, mm. which added another six, nine, ten months, whatever it's it is. It's been going on for a long time. A long yeah. time. Like, Apparently to others. Yeah. Is it even above ground? Like, yeah, it's no, like... There's no, the, all it's the, not even above ground yet. It's, no, no, it's, it's, it's not out of ground yeah, yet. The walls are beautifully smooth on the side, but essentially it's a hole. It's a yeah. hole. Yeah. It's so... Dug a hole. So basically, like, and and then with with sort of like delays in construction and stuff, there's no sort of liaising with surrounding businesses and stuff, saying yeah. no, we're like schedules pushed out another year and all that sort of thing. Because I mean, fuck, you, like people people need this information. Hey, like that's a, that's a pretty serious yeah. sort of like failure of whatever legislation mm. might be. That the fact that there's so little consideration into how it impacts a business and construction in general, like especially of the scale that's going on next to Sandy Goodwich, they're notorious for running one, two, three years over schedule. Yeah. Mm. And, like, it's, a, it's, it's, it's pretty terrible that there is no 
system in place to assess the impact that has on the surrounding businesses because these are people you know with real lives and even even at at the moment there's no construction going on there because something's happened the rumor is yeah that the guy who's funding the whole thing uh has got no more money so all the workmen walked off all the equipment's still there but the parking i mean a little thing like the parking is still classed as a construction zone parking. So no one can park there. But there hasn't been any work going on and probably won't be any more work going on until until we can find funding. Mm. I think the the ironic thing to me is that, oh, I don't know how long, two or three years ago, we were invited by council to be on that. Yeah. yeah. So Wollongong Council did this, um, commissioned a study by some famous... um, It was basically... um, a group that, that designed and builds, yeah, they built, they designed and built Melbourne basically, or like changed the way in which Melbourne was used, yeah, and and there, as a result, Melbourne became like the most livable city in the world, or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. So th- they commissioned the Gill Institute to do one on um, Wollongong city centre because of the change that's going on demographics and the. Um, sociology of the place etc and they asked businesses in Wollongong city centre I think four or five to come and be part of a forum like an open forum and they invited us as to to represent um, as part of the West Wollongong uh, yeah West West was it West Crown Street Um, and we were saying you know that um, (laughs) it's a whole Um, it's a whole um, people don't use it very well um, the the pavement is like the pavement's shocking it's it's all cut up and everything um, there's a numerous um, uh, sites that aren't used like that old red rooster site on the corner yeah, which that's is now hard. become oh, yeah. a car park but even and things like clearways that were put in in place when people used to come back from building from um, like the, the, the steelworks or whatever it was a clear way then because there were dozens of cars coming in and out and now there aren't that many cars coming in and out so they don't yeah they don't use the same thoroughfare so let's put parking there all day Mm. instead of having a clear way so none of this was taken into account and the funny thing is that it's actually uh, council okays on DAs that have that's yeah, contributed yeah. to pretty much the downfall of a lot of businesses at that end of Crown Street. Yeah, it makes you wonder because there's so much construction going on in Wollongong. It makes you wonder how, how many other businesses get affected by this in different areas, not just you guys. Like, but it's well, not it's just affecting. Look, it's not just yeah. affecting businesses while they build. It's affecting businesses because when they finish building, it's DA approved for a cafe Re- or retail. a restaurant <laughs> yeah, or for yeah, retail. Yeah. Yeah. But they have to put unless you're going to put a certain amount. Yeah. yeah. Well, unless yeah, they're going to ship building. in another 10,000 people for every, well, you know, three or four yeah. buildings. They the worst thing yeah. being is that the only people who can afford those, you know, those bottom of apartment building yeah. rents are, are chains and big companies, yeah. franchises, yeah. who are doing that, that, that minimal effort on the product for, mm. you know, for the maximum mm. profit. Yeah, yeah, basically. So well, look at the Oxford development. Like... Oh. A lot of them, the, the well, a lot of the um, three spaces are I'm completely empty. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think there will be for a while. There's a, I, there's a lot of that all them. over Wollongong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like we were talking about those ones on Cliff Road. Yeah, Cliff Road. That been empty forever, there, and that's like empty. prime Fozzie. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of new yeah. developments where the it's commercial space underneath is empty. Yeah, it's, and that's because of the price. That you I don't think it's going to fill up straight away. Yeah, but you know, you'd think within six months something would happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah well, I think the population hasn't quite caught up with the ambition no. of Wollongong yet. No, but th- but strangely, there seems to be enough cafes. Yeah, you've yeah. got plenty of ambition <laughs> with people going. You know what? I've always wanted to run a cafe. Yeah, I think yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> open a cafe. yeah. 
How hard can it be? What could possibly yeah, yeah, go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It'd be great. I'll just show up, have a cup of coffee. And mm. we'll I guess the point with these guys perfect. is, like in relation to what Steph sort of, to the question Steph asked, is like a bit more communication, like for starters, if they're, going, if they're going to do what they're doing anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. The logistics that go into, I'm sure, building this village or, or a 12-story apartment building, are, you know, it's a massive job. Surely they could include... Um, some communication with the surrounding businesses that mm. are going to have a massive effect on. Yeah. Like so you say, you they're going to do it anyway. So like, mm. yeah. exactly. Don't ask us if it's okay. Yeah. Just tell us you're doing it. So yeah. at least they, we know what's going it, on. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to do it anyway. So mm. the least they could do is maybe a bit of a bit of communication with you guys. Mm. Yeah, but like exactly the least they can do but what they really should do is go a bit further than that and make a bit of an assessment on how it impacts businesses mm-hmm. and maybe give those businesses some support and, and you, you know maybe some sort of subsidy or something like that because like maybe it wasn't the reason why you guys have decided to close but it might have been the straw that broke the camel's back like yeah. that the, the, in the all this shit that's been happening over the last you know recently whatever new methadone cleaning all that sort of stuff that might have been the thing that you know meant that you guys were like fuck it let's close yeah. it's I think a and, big deal. Like, and it's a huge deal you know it's oh, yes. to the detriment of like food culture in Wollongong the fact that a place like Sandy Goodwich closes exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know and like they kind of seem to you know obviously they care more about you know big new apartment buildings yeah. than like mm. that no one lives in yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and they'll put franchises at the, at the bottom of them yeah. yes. so yeah. I, look, I suppose it's I don't think there's much awareness in government when it comes to no. how yeah. how important you know it is to foster like businesses like mm. these. I think in some ways, like you know, when you initially when you start out in a business, it's like wow, this is this is harder than I thought, um, and then you go far out. This is this is really fucking hard, um, and then you, you you know those constant calls of like so and so sick and they can't come in. Can you cover them or um, you were supposed to get a delivery of X, Y, and Z, but it didn't turn up and it's wrong, or the price has doubled and you can have it, or, you know, whatever these things are. And at a certain point, it just starts to reach a level where you're like, you know what, I just I just don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Like, I just, it's, it's you know, and, and all you need is that, like you said, that one last little thing, and you're like, you know what, it just, you realise it's it's never going to end. Yeah. But it's, all, it's also a learning process where you do things that you think you could never do, like people asked us for catering. People asked us to cater their weddings. People said, "Oh, we love that, that stuff. Can we can we buy that from you to sell in our cafe or restaurant?" Yeah. And you're like, all of a sudden, yeah, it becomes fucking hard. But you realise that you've got these other things that you could possibly focus on, um, and that kind of helps you get through for a little while. Hmm. Uh, and then you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna focus on that and not. Not try and get stuff. away from the, the you know, having the, the open shop and just we'll just work out the back. So yeah, I guess we're kind of lucky that we have options. It does, mm. yeah, that's true. And it actually, the, making the decision to call it quits was actually one of the most empowering things that I've done in a while. Mm. I don't know about you, but it was. Um, it made all of a sudden realised, hold on, in six years, we never ran this business. This business ran us. Like, we, you know, we, we never were very good at directing it where it should go. It just sort of, it was, it was born of, like, this feels really good and we've never done that before and, you know, like, let's, let's try putting on dinners or let's try getting a licence or, you know, and um, all of a sudden realised that 
in six years, it never gave us a pay rise. It, you know, it gave us two weeks holiday out of six years or something. I think we went three weeks. Three weeks. Okay, sorry, exaggeration. Um, and um, um, it never, never promoted us, you know. And if any other business treated you that way, if any other <laughs> boss did that, mate, you'd be out the door. Yeah. Absolutely out the door. And then you realise, you know what, this is the first time we've run it. Just, you know. So, mm. so, so, like, I guess what we've done is kind of, like, identified sort of all these factors and things like that playing devil's advocate there might be people who would say well when you're getting into business you're getting into business and if 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 compromising means having a successful business and not psychologically physically and you know all the rest of it socially like fucking yourself over and this passion and that sort of stuff um you know, not willing to compromise on, on the integrity and the passion and things like that means that it's not, like, sustainable. People might say, you know, then, sorry, if you want to be in business, you have to yeah, make these compromises. Right. 100% right. Yeah. We're yeah. We've never ever <laughs> said that we were good business people. Yeah. But I think, um, I think restaurants, and especially, I think they, they do have a life cycle of their own. And whether, whether you end up finishing it because it, it, it's just something you don't want to do anymore or if you're not willing to, to, to make that sacrifice in quality or whatever it is um, I think there is just a it's something you can't do forever and like, like we've sort of discussed the market changes so much that in six years from when you open your business plan might not work so it might just might not be a viable business yeah, anymore yeah, and right. it's let's do something else let's move on yeah. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that it grew no, organically yeah. and it it's dying organically yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right it, it, something that worked as a business plan six or seven years ago doesn't work now and, it, and, and you're right Steph's right as well in, in that he says well in that case you adapt and we have looked at what we mm. have to do to adapt and that's not acceptable yep. to us okay. so yeah. it's dying yeah. yep. I mean, you, guys, you guys have, have a, a second venue now which hopefully we'll move yeah, we'll towards and, yeah, yeah. so, so I, I think like if anything it's it's just it's a clever thing <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not like oh fuck it it's, it's like the, well we're moving to the next stage the beauty of it I yeah. guess as well is like that. yeah absolutely right you, you can take that that reputation and goodwill that you've earned over the last six years into whatever you do in the future yeah. and you know and learn from and learn from the story of Sandy Goodwitch as well and, and and that sort of thing which is really cool too the thing is is that if you if you have a if you have a place that buys everything in and 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 it's you know shit out <laughs> or like whatever like if if, if you don't if you can't build yeah. a reputation like Sandy Goodwitch's without doing what you guys have done and which means that you can't carry that into anything that you do in the future so well, you know, I, I don't know. One of the things I kind of wrote down and mentioned to you guys was, and I hope it's something that we're doing. I mean, we're like two years old and, and just so over a year. So, um, I like to think we're doing it as well. I like to think we do it in, in our sort of company is the people that have been through the kitchen up there or the, or, or the floor, whatever. Hopefully they've taken, you know, some of these guys are kids, really. Um, hopefully they've taken everything that you've taught them on board and it's as kids I think it's hard to, to really be as passionate about like produce and, and stuff as, as people like yourself and, and us are and have the integrity of this what's coming in and there's no compromise but ho- hopefully they take that to their next job 
or to their next kitchen or if they open something down the track hopefully it's like that because as far as I'm concerned if places like that don't exist then the industry's fucking dead yeah, yeah. to me the, and they're the places I want to eat at hmm. you know or, or when I go to other like to Sydney they're the places I'm like seeking out yeah. Um, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully the kids that are coming through our kitchens, you know, like Stan and Andrew and like my, my apprentices at the moment, hopefully when they leave, they, you know, like I drill it into them. If you're going to do something, I don't care if it's cooking breakfast for David, our restaurant manager, or cooking staffed in, it's like do it, do it properly. Yeah. And do I've, it with the I've same, say, yeah, from, from your pan work to whatever, to putting it on the pass for everyone to eat. Like there's no more, you know, there's nothing more important than that. After, after <laughs> having worked at, the pier at Moran's doing shifts at um, uh, Paramount Red Lantern um, there were there are very few people that I can think of now that have gone from those places to open restaurants or cafes or be in food in the same way that they yep. were brought up yep. uh, even people that have been through our kitchen in Sandy Goodwich who have left to go and do something else we kind of hear that two months later or three months later they're they've moved on again yeah you know, and then yeah. moved on again yeah it's like so yeah i hope i hope some some i hope even, some you yeah, know yeah. You but it's i mean we, yeah. we've lost a couple of people to clubs you know mm. so they just yeah. got an easier life and like, yeah. I, I get yeah. it i get it like whatever each to their own but um hope, hopefully they take something from it and and that integrity and passion for produce and yeah. that can continue because, as I said before, it's yeah. We, yeah. Like, there's, dead. There's, there's got to be some changes made, and whether that's kind of government passing them down or cons- consumers being more next. educated that's about things we've spoken about, is, mm-hmm. yeah, because it, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to to run somewhere that basically does good food. And if people want to have these places in in their area in their city, they they have to to you know go out and eat more. Yeah, use it or lose it. Yeah, we're getting yeah, a lot of yeah. people that are coming in over the last couple of weeks that are like. We haven't been here for ages. We only come here for like special occasions. We come yeah. here. Do you know what I mean? Like, can't treat a sandwich shop like that. How did we become <laughs> occasional? Yeah, no, I know, I know, and that's what's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but like you know that it's a that it's a you know once a month kind of thing or yeah. once yeah. you know, and um and I can un- and a couple of problems there obviously. Um, the first is that fourteen bucks is a special occasion. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't get a, uh, and a which means that if we, that <laughs> which means if we actually charge nineteen, which is what we need to charge, yes. yep. that's not going to happen. Yeah. So God help yeah, anyone yeah. who wants forty two dollars worth of main plate. You know, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. that's that's crazy. Mm. That fourteen dollars is a is a stretch. But the thing is, you've got to support it. Yeah. If you don't support it, it's yeah. like Jan said the other day. He's like, if it's like a muscle. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't invest $14 in keeping part of the hospitality industry alive then it doesn't really yeah. it doesn't stand a chance it's, it's, it's kind of your fault if you don't yeah, yeah. 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 and then if, if exactly. any of the, you know, the 21,000 people that our Facebook there. post exactly. reached if any of those people came in if half of those people came in once a month and the yeah. other half came in once a fortnight yeah Sweet, happy days. Yep. Yeah, that, that yeah. was really surprising. That was really weird. Yeah. I, I think oh, I haven't been for six months, but you've got such a special, yeah, you know, closing. such a special place in our heart. It's like, yeah. really, six months? Like, <laughs> yeah. God help your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I, I understand what you guys are saying again, but 
I think sometimes when it comes to people's decision making, when it comes to where to eat, especially like in cafes where there's so much fucking competition out there, because cafes aren't occasional, they don't put that much thought into where they go. People just yeah. go, who wants to go out for breakfast? And people go, yeah. And then people go, where do you want to go? Like, and then that there's so many fucking things swirling yeah. around in yeah. their yeah. head to make yeah. that decision. Yeah. yeah. That, and, and then, uh, as you know, we talked about, like, we're so close to this and we're the people that are making the, you know, putting thought into where we're going to go, even if it is a cafe, even if we're just getting a coffee, you know, like, yeah. that, yeah, there is so much competition out there and people go, yeah, the place that's close to them or the first place that fucking comes into their head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's difficult because people's you know, spare income is getting less and less. So yeah. Really electricity, gas gone up for everyone. Yeah. And well, not, yeah. Not exactly. So, so and it, it's, it, it's hard and, um, you have to understand also you have to be understanding that you know two dollars for lunch they might have three times a week all adds up and makes a difference um, it still makes it no, e- no easier for us it's, it's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. problem so obviously we're, we're talking from one angle here but yeah definitely people locality and, and where where the where the cafe is makes a massive difference well, I, think I also think a lot, like a lot of people have come in and said I just want something simple it's like sandwich. Well, it's a sandwich. Yeah. You know, like I, if I don't tell you what goes into it, and I say it's a lamb, sweet potato, and, and you know onion and mustard sandwich, that's pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I just want something. You know, I'm like ham cheese toast. Yeah. <laughs> you did have ham and cheese. Yeah, you used to have ham and cheese toast on, but he, of course, decided that he wanted to we, we cure the, the ham over three months. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. cheese wasn't going to be just cheese; it was yeah. going to be like a Mornay sauce with you know, etc., etc., etc. But you could only charge nine bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Really good, but but you're fighting tooth and nail for everyone's fourteen dollars, and at a certain point, you're like, I just don't want to fight anymore. Yeah, that's all. Just you know, cafes have become like, and even if the ones that are opening, like if say seven of ten that open in eighteen months are shit, Mm. that people still go there, Mm. and there there goes some of your customers in a cafe or. Yeah. Some or some close, some will close like, as well, like yeah. because they're not to scratch and they can't compete. But definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. at the moment there's more. Open but do you think is it even a possibility that the government can support hospitality businesses that do the right thing in different ways and and recognise the importance of what what people are doing, supporting local farmers and like if you if you were to audit the benefits provided to the community to the environment to culture and that sort of thing by businesses like your three in Wollongong it would be such a long list and 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 the other businesses obviously credit to the other ones that that have integrity with what they do and that sort of thing as well and pay their staff right and all that it is such a long list of positive benefits yet I don't know is the government just ignorant of, of of, of the results of, no, of this, the impact? Because I've thought about this a lot lately. Um, it's all run by market forces. So, I mean, if you even look at, like, just supporting solar energy, it's not happening, you yeah. know, or yeah. moving away from coal. Like, there's clear benefits yeah. Um, we all know about, hear about it every day. Everyone knows it yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but why the, is nothing being done about it? Because of market yeah. forces yeah. and it yeah, it just it just money, money, it money. just doesn't it just yeah, it and, and and it goes back to what you were saying about um looking at you know, well, you just need to change. Um and and we looked at that, obviously decided not to and um 
we decided that as a result of market forces and the fact that, like you said, there's a business cycle, rather just step away. Mm. And that was that's that's what it's all run by. Everything yeah. is run by that. It's not just hospitality. It's whether you know, anything in the arts really. Um, and it's it's a sad fact, I think, of the direction that we're heading in in every facet. I, th- I think possibly that people, when people talk about locality and sourcing locally, they they don't. It's always from a sustainable environment perspective, and it's it's less spoken about the economical side of it. Mm. By using local people, you're putting money back into your economy that they're going to go spend other places. And for me, that's almost a more important reason mm. of using local local producers and local suppliers. Um, but I, I don't think that gets talked talked about and spoken about quite enough so possibly there is a little bit of ignorance when it comes to the benefits of that um i i I really can't work out why people don't why why people think it's a good idea because it's sometimes more sustainable um it's a bit of a flawed argument sometimes with sustainability and and locality but the actual you know paying people in in who work in your area a a proper price for their product as well Mm. that's the other thing is like we could we could force our veg guy to keep lowering his prices and keep getting them lower, keep getting lower. That's just fucking him over. So we 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 couldn't morally do that either. Um, whereas you buy from a supermarket and they're they're doing that for you. You know you're buying from a big veg supplier and they're the ones who are getting the farmers and the producers to keep lowering their prices, keep lowering their prices, so they can make bigger bigger yeah. margins. It's the cost of the community that I don't think is understood because mm. there is no money. There's no you can't put them. A, a monetary figure on it yeah. and for that reason it doesn't mean anything apparently mm. so like <laughs> Ari our son um, understands we've beaten it into him not literally um, <laughs> that um, that we don't go to Coles or Woolworths we only go to local like either IGA or Leisure Coast um, or we go to our local butcher um, and if he <clears throat> A little while ago, he wanted to make slime on the school holidays, and he needed borax for that. And the only way we could get borax was to go to um, Coles, and he freaked out. Like he just—he was like, "But can't you get it from somewhere else?" I'm like, "No, we've tried going to the RGA. It's not available. We've got to go to Coles." Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think you know, like, start small, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and th- that's just one facet of of how you can take that argument. And a lot of people talk big, but they don't necessarily you yeah. know, mm-hmm. follow it through. It's like, oh, but I, bu- I buy free-range eggs, but they're cold free-range eggs. Yeah. You know? yeah. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, the government have a responsibility, Steph, to sort of answer your question. Well, my opinion on your question. Mm-hmm. Like, um, <clears throat> Surely there's got to be, and hopefully in the next few years, that th- maybe things might get a bit easier on some level behind the scenes for us for, mm. for a restaurant or a cafe um, and like you say maybe it might target like there could be some um, legislation like to make it easier for people who are actually providing a, well, providing a service I guess like but, and a good one mm. and doing it with some sort of ethics and integrity in how they're buying their produce and what, what you know you're paying more for it like we've gone all through that but there's got to be a break somewhere, yeah. Mm. Or, or places like that in ten years, like you know, will cease to exist. Really, mm. like it's so hard. Um, yeah, I, I don't know I, how you regulate it. I, like mm. going, touching on what you said, Emma, about there not being a monetary value on being able to sort of identify the 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 impact and how that affects the community. Perhaps there is a way of doing that, though. 
and it's it's about sort of looking at food culture in the same context that they look at like when you talk about Melbourne as a cultural city people think about the arts and you know well, it's a lot about the arts and it's a lot about multiculturalism as well mm. um, and the and also sort of livability things like design and and innovation yes, and and and, and things like that and pe- and the government puts a puts a price on, on on this because of its ability to attract tourism mm. like in terms of culture and it and also its ability to intra- attract new residents and they have subsidies in place for arts and multiculturalism like at the radio station that I volunteer for the cultural programs the Greek program the um, you know Macedonian program whatever they might be receive government grants to because of the culture that they foster and and the service they provide so maybe maybe the, the there's a there's a sort of a window there to make known the cultural impact of venues like yours and 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 think about food culture in the same context that we think of the arts design innovation architecture and all these other things that are sort of cultural thing where does it where does it fit in where do we the hospitality industry where do we i think in some ways we cut that um wollongong councillors kind of touched on it when they asked us to be part of this forum and they have um, done a study on the foot traffic and how they can um, encourage like they were talking about a corridor down Crown Street through the Crown Mall etc and we've yep. all seen like the disasters that Crown Mall yeah with their mm. seating and their plants or whatever it is that was a bit of a disaster so they have touched on it and I think mm. they were trying to head in that way because they know that the city is changing quite quickly but then if you look at the complete other end of the scale and what's happened in Sydney how they close everything down at 10 o'clock and you can't you know, like the lockouts and yeah. all the rest of it they, mm. they killed literally mm. killed whole suburbs by putting in place those kinds of legislations mm. so in one in one sense I know they're kind of trying down here but on the other hand they're fighting against a government that is pushing people into the casinos yeah. and and out of yeah. you know out of yeah. places like the cross that used to buzz. But it became so apparent when that was happening mm. that it was happening. And, and they there's still marches went, yeah. and keeps mm. in the open and nothing. And they just ig- ignored it. Yeah. Like seemingly, like yeah. nothing yeah. was done about yeah, it. Not, they not sure as shit changed, just no. let let businesses die. Numerous, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Just Numerous fucking close. Mm. Like, there was mm. no two ways about it, and, and no two ways about, what, about why. And as you said, the, the casino's, like, on the edge. Like, that's definitely yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Mm. But, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a got fucking to do, disaster. Yeah, with whether you've got the money to lobby, and whether you've got, yeah. you know, I, I know that sounds really cynical, but I, I really do believe that, unfortunately, it is, they are answering to money, and not to... Um, uh, you know, community groundswell and, and how it is that people feel about yeah. mm. losing culture. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it's unfortunate. But yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've seen much about design of the city makes a massive difference. I think Wollongong's becoming a bit lopsided towards that south part of Crown Street mm. com- compared to, to sort of where you guys are. And, um, and that makes a massive difference because it tends to be those little outskirt places where people who want to open an independent business can afford. Yep. So ma- the making or yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and this is the way it is it's you know things get pushed out like that so making sure the infrastructure is there that businesses can flourish uh, working with them closer and not letting people self explosions pick, pick a better spot for the methadone clinic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, and, yeah. And the thought of the, the design and layout of, of a city makes mass difference because you, you imagine that if someone you know when when you had disruptions and when the streets were closed 
if someone decided, oh, we'll just go to that other cafe because I don't want to go sit there because there's explosions mm. going off. They might just like the cafe and just keep going there. Yeah. And you've lost yeah. how many customers? Yeah. No, it's absolutely it's absolutely true. And I suppose part of... Um, like, there used to be little pop-up stores. That, like, you could um, rent little shops mm. along Crown Street that were cheaper. Um, and not much happened with that. And there were there were a f- couple of other ideas that were floated, but they, they never really flew... Um, and I suppose the thing is that you're right, it is getting pushed towards the east end of Crown Street, which mm-hmm. again is you know, large developers. Um, and I'm sure they've, they've put a bit of money into, into you know, convincing people that those things are, are good ideas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it, it's a shame. Well, it's happening, so they must have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, there's no shortage of apartment buildings going up. Mm. Yeah. It, the problem is that there's a shortage of people to, to lease them. The moment, Apparently. Yeah. 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 But that again is a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a never-ending stream yeah. of apartment buildings that are being yeah. erected. So ever increasing things to talk about. <laughs> we start talking about something mm. like well, that's mm. another conversation. <laughs> that's worth a whole podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well that's why we've so, got so a. We'll yeah. be back for next one. Our, our list, our list of something we need to dedicate a whole podcast yeah, yeah, to yeah, is just growing, growing yeah. definitely <laughs> faster than we can do podcasts. For Ten years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, any. I mean, we're talking about Sandy Goodwich closing and, I mean, we tried to touch on a lot of the surrounding things and we could dedicate way more time to digging into any of these areas more, but any other thoughts, Emma, first? Like, um, I guess, what, what, you know, like moving forward now, as you said before, you you guys still have Eat at Sandy's in Bulai slash Winuna, Mm -hmm. so go there. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to get Sandy Goodwich hospitality, um, and and you you'll continue to make to make your pastries and croissants and and all the rest of it out of the kitchen at Sandy Goodwich for now. Yeah. What, what what are we sort of what are you looking at moving forward? Um, we've seen a little bit of an opportunity. We already supply six or seven other cafes. Yeah. Um, from like I think as far north as Osti down to Port Kembla. There's a place up in um, Campbelltown as well that we take stuff up to really? um, yeah it's kind of cool so we've seen that as a little bit of an opportunity hopefully um, if you can't beat them join them <laughs> um, and um, we'll see how that goes yeah cool yeah just yeah. sort of step back a bit um, I you know I don't really know how else to do what else to do I don't yep. yeah um, yeah of course but so <laughs> That's it. Um, give it a shot, and I mean, we invested in in the setup of Sandy Goodwich, so there's a really great exhaust system in there that you could probably buy a new car with. Um, so expensive. <laughs> I think that's the other thing is that you know to set up a kitchen that follows the guidelines that you know a council or government might put in place. Um, it it is extraordinarily expensive. Oh yeah unbelievably mm. expensive and I think there's a bit of a misconception there as well you can't just I mean I know I said that we set up with a, a camp stove and a and a sandwich press but eventually we needed to we, you know we bought a stove we put in this um, exhaust system um, we had to buy proper ovens um, it's a it's an unbelievable amount of money mm. um, and I'm not even touching on fit out for where you know people sit yeah. um, and they want a comfortable chair they want you know the most people want to have cloths. Some people don't have them. Um, um, you know, and then you get like, yeah, and then you've got to wash the tablecloths. Um, yeah, there's, there's costs that people just don't don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to walk away from, from that setup. Mm. So we'll, we'll keep baking there. 
um, maybe sell a few coffees. Um, yeah, and see where that goes. Cool. Nice. I think, um, yeah, I just reckon it's really cool that going back to going back to sort of the sort of whole the original like your decision and what I've gained after talking to you about it is that it's it it wasn't a decision because you didn't just want to not do it anymore it was a decision made because you didn't want to compromise what you were doing you didn't want to compromise what was on the plate but you were forced into a position where you, you had to if you wanted to 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 stay to to keep going which is which is such a like for me there's just so much awesome integrity in that decision rather than it being sort of for anything else yeah mm. so yeah it was quite fun yeah we told yeah when we told the accountant he was like like what why like you, you you've got good bones here and we're like we don't want to exactly like we don't want to throw the bones out like because that's 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 the thing is that that was what made it what it was. Yep. He's like, I've never had anyone come to me and ask me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jen saw the post. I said, have you seen Sandy's closing? Read it. And she's obviously no, has worked yeah. worked with you guys for a while. And she, she called it straight away and said, it's because they, they, you watch, it'll it'll be the exact reason that you said mm. so mm. they just won't compromise yeah. and it's probably costing them too much money oh, she copped it a fair few times she's, she's like you know there are better ways to do it. you know there, there's ways you could do this that could make you you know yeah. and we're like we're not doing it yeah. She, yeah and she she worked really well within those those boundaries yeah. it was um, it was yeah it was hard work it was really point hard point is work. anyone that knows you like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 no I know I know and she was really like flexible within that like yeah. you know she's she's a fucking hard ass mate she yeah. will whip you into shape yeah. <laughs> like she's a 100% 100% hard hard working woman yeah she is cool you guys any other thoughts oh, I mean it's quite sad state of affairs that um, that basically someone gets forced into you know not forced into but makes a decision to, to close because um, something they, they love doing is is, in, is basically in jeopardy because because you know, of reasons we've discussed yep. people won't pay, pay the money or because things, things are too expensive and it's, it's like I said it's, it's sad for Wollongong to lose uh, people who who do good food because mm-hmm. there's always uh, room for more of those people yep cool agreed well there you go Sandy Goodwitch will be missed but you know all good things must not come forgotten. to Not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sweet. Yeah, cool. We'll leave it there. And thanks so much, Emma, for, you know, being open to talk to us about it. Like, mm. I, I said to Andy via email, like, earlier on today, I think, just, like, it's it's awesome to be able to sort of, like, access people like you and talk about these sorts of things because you don't hear about it, you know? Yeah. Like, there, there's, and, there's yeah. some big closures and stuff yeah. happening around Australia and you don't really hear much about... You don't you don't hear as much in depth you know chat about about yeah. these sorts the of things. Yeah. And, and I know that there will be a whole bunch of industry folk in Wollongong that have probably been unless they've spoken to you they'll be asking the same questions. Yeah. Or you've had the opportunity to ask hmm. you guys today. And, and Steph made the comment: this is exactly why or one of the reasons why we wanted to have this podcast was hmm. to have people to be able to come on and talk about maybe why they're opening something or what it is. And why, like, you know, as an extension, why closing yeah. something? Yeah. And it's really, there's some important shit that we talked about yeah. today. I we'll talk about the yeah. realities of it. 
I think, yeah, if people could just maybe understand, well, maybe people, yeah, just to understand that you have a choice how you spend your money and it makes a difference when you make a thoughtful choice. Yeah. Um, and I think too often, I know I do it, everyone does it, you're just sort of like, oh, you know what, it's closer, it's easier, yeah. it's, you know, it's cheaper, it's whatever. But um, maybe, yeah, just we have a choice how we spend our money and to, to be thoughtful about mm. it, I suppose. Try yeah. making good ones. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. Let's um, move on to a more simple topic. Show and tell. Simon, you you were on what show you and tell duties. What have you got for go us? On. There's, there's not many left because Steph's been slowly Steph. eating them yeah. throughout, throughout the podcast. Yeah, um, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just one of the native things we use here and the becoming more common and they're more seen in restaurants and they're just it's a really cool ingredient they're very cool. chef geeks it's, um, it's a muntry a tiny um, apple tasting berry um, it's about the size of a pea a, yeah even like a, a skinny pea yeah um, but yeah they have kind of a, a funky almost sort of a uh, little bit fermented apple flavour to them quite crunchy um, a bit of raspberry gum too don't yeah, they yeah yeah it's, it's with Native fruits have a really strange kind of spectrum of flavours from, from sort of savoury notes to those kind of more classic. Plus these ones are very apple has got a lot of native plums, things like that as well. So just quite unique uh, in the world. And that, that's what's really exciting with um, Australian produce, with uh, indigenous produce at the moment, is, is that no one else has these kind of flavours. It's mm. quite a sort of unique environment, Australia, with, with the, the lack of water so um, and, and the heat and things like that. So... Um, super interesting and for chefs you love getting the next thing or something new and where to play with it so we, we've we've got them just uh, raw and fresh like this yeah fre- you're saying it's hard to get them fresh yeah not normally they come in frozen um, it's quite a short season and, and things like this are, are hard to get because not you know people go out and pick them in, in the wild mm. so two, there's, there's two not months, a two month season February, yeah. February March yeah so there's, there's not many people you know, going out and picking them so most of the time you are <laughs> you um, get them in frozen, still good frozen, but um, fresh. no, nowhere near as good as that. Yeah, fre- yeah. fresh. You just yeah. get you get the sort of true flavour of them. So and you get the crunch. Yeah. So when when they come in frozen, we pickle them, um, use them like sort of capers quite a lot, um, and then fresh. We just got them on a on a little fish dish at the moment, um, with some sort of samphire and other sea greens and, and seaweed. So just going to freshen it up, give it a little bit of extra texture to it as well. Mm. Um, but but yeah. they are delicious pickled too. Hey? We, yeah, we oh, pickle them as well. Yeah, they're so so good. I don't know everyone's been. Um, just eating on <laughs> throughout this podcast yeah but yeah this they've got a cool texture too fresh like mm. they've got this nice little bit of give yeah kind of sort of a little bit spongy but there's kind of bit of crunch there as well on the outside have yeah. you eaten one yet I have where's your tasting notes Emma I thought they tasted a bit like a musty apple that's been in the bottom of my bag for a while <laughs> you're, you're, you're right yeah. <laughs> in a good way yeah. in, a, <laughs> in a way that they might complement other flavours <laughs> What do you, um, who do you get them off? Uh, from yeah. Something Wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they get most of our native ingredients and fruits from them. Yeah. Um, they've got a really good array. Getting them in fresh is, is, is hard sometimes. Um, but a lot of times if you're making like a jam or a sorbet or an ice cream frozen, it is fine and you actually get some benefits from having them frozen as well. Um, but it's the type of thing that's going to become more and more seen. Um, Imagine it'd be the type of thing in the next couple of years, sort of supermarkets we'll probably get on as well. Mm-hmm. I imagine there'll be more 
native food aisles and, and sections like that in, in, in larger shops. I know David Jones uh, trying to do something yep. like that in the future, and they've already got some stuff on. So, um, I mean, the other benefits of them is they're, they're designed to, to grow in Australia. They have mm. done for you know, 10,000 years. Can you, can you just tell us a bit more about Something Wild? Um, so they are uh, a company um, owned by... Um, Daniel Motlop and the butcher Richard Gunner. Yeah, so it's all indigenous communities go out, pick these things, hunt hunt for the kangaroo and wallaby and stuff we get from them. We also get a magpie geese from them as well. They're the only company with a hunting license for that in Northern Territory, so they're basically the only only people who get them. I think I think it's actually only us and Esther with them. With that on the moment, yeah. So they're pretty, pretty rare. It took us, it took us about a year to get a decent supply. Yeah, I remember when I first talked to you, you were saying like everyone you approached about trying to get magpie oh, geese was yeah. just like you're fucking kidding. Yeah, yourself. yeah. Like, there's, there's so few of them. Like, yeah. like we, we can't put them on. We we basically make ham out of the out of the breasts and then use the legs for for something else because we can't have enough to put them on as a proper dish. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think these things were just they're just going to increase. Um, and that's fantastic. And it's fantastic. Like. It, Something wild just seems like a fantastic organisation oh, and, and yeah. providing opportunities, yeah. you know, for for indigenous people. Yeah, and are they sort of like are they focused in one region where they have most of their sort of like um, a lot, lot, sort of lot in Northern over? Territory and then South Australia. Um, from from what what we they, get, they're trying to do some more stuff in South Australia. But speaking to Rich and Daniel, um, they said the government's made it harder than. Than easier, basically. Mm. When, which I think's absolutely disgusting. Like yeah. these guys are. So Rich founded the company, and he was just going out and getting this stuff, and then he ended up saying, "Okay, well, I'm like not really respecting like the indigenous community in all this." Mm. And met Daniel and his family, didn't he? And, yeah, um, yeah. And and he like they he brought them into the business. Um, and they get yeah, it's all foraged by remote indigenous communities by the women, which is the tradition, um, and it's putting money and jobs in into the communities, yeah. um, which is like I don't think there's anything as far as food culture at the moment in uh, in Australia like there can't be much like something much more important than that. Yeah, mm. respecting like the traditions of the land that is now being farmed and has been destroyed etc mm. going about it all day, all day you could like but it's pretty important isn't it yeah yeah definitely it's something to support um it, it's kind of is australia's food heritage um and, and that's it's the stuff we should be eating like, like I was saying it's, it's designed to grow in in australia like it, it's they're more heat resistant they're more mm. uh, drought tolerant um they are pretty sustainable things um, you talk about sustainability it's yeah exactly sustainable yeah, yeah, things yeah. we could yeah, be eating yeah, exactly. um, projects. yeah there's, there's a grain that we've been project. trying to get a hold of called kangaroo grass and um, it's been grown for 10,000 years it used to be cultivated but when uh, people for <laughs> white people first came to Australia we're just like what is this get rid of it and put you know all grazing yeah yeah exactly so but again it, it's it's heat resistant it's drought tolerant all these important things um, and, uh, yeah it's become more important in the future um, and you know, this, 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 these products, these fruits, will just grow better. Mm. Um, so yeah, and, and they're tasty, and they, they, so they got they got taste profiles that 
that you sort of haven't really seen before and other things. Someone's not always good. We, we spent ages trying to get... <laughs> it's hard to use some of them. Oh, we it? spent ages trying to find Illawarra plums because we were like, oh my God, is there a better restaurant, a better better ingredient for restaurant Illawarra? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. And we got them. Uh, again, it came from Frozen, made a little sorbet, just like just straight up sorbet without tinkering with it too much. <laughs> and we all tried some and went... Like just sour as? Like, like... Oh, I haven't tried them. <laughs> they're, they're, they're sour and savoury and yeah. almost like tannic. Yeah. Like they coat your mouth. Yeah. Like it's kind of like like fatty, oily thing. Like yeah. so strange. Um, and obviously being a plum, we're like, we'll use them in a dessert. Yeah. Um, so I think we've used them more in, in savoury courses. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, they have kind of, yeah, like sort of, they're just, they're just strange. You might need to talk to um, some of the local indigenous people to find out what their traditions of preparing mm. and yeah 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 like. yeah that's what we've we've started tentatively trying to do is to, to make more contacts yeah um we did a native dinner in the last year as part of uh, yours now's fringe festival um with um um with fred from fred's bush tucker yeah. and uh clarence slocky who's um head of uh indigenous affairs at um sydney botanical gardens and has been on telly quite a lot so we did sort of use them to get some advice from and they came in on night and then spoke to our customers about about how these things are traditionally used and um and, and why it's important and um yeah that's something we're trying to trying to chase more and trying to learn more about um find more information about can connect with the local community mm. um yeah because i think yeah like Mandy said those things are quite important going into the future and there's yeah. a massive story behind why these were eaten mm. like when they were eaten like the bunion nuts that have like in season at the moment like that was that was a massive deal um you know they had parties around yeah. them yeah because yeah. like was a coming of age ingredient as well yeah, and it was, and yeah every couple of years i think you can only get um the nuts um from these trees anyway there, there's massive stories mm. um behind you this bunny, bunny nuts much no i hate to get hold of some we we tried to put them on for a dinner we did at the end of 2016 yeah and could not get what we wanted to try and do with them right so literally last minute the snacks were about to go out and we had to change the snack because oh, wow. we're like fuck what have we done, done to these nuts these. Yeah, just right. like so much sort of starch in them and like sticky we tried to make like yeah. a puree and just uh, then we tried to make a biscuit using the puree and it was like <laughs> break the biscuit up make a new biscuit <laughs> it's like everything right, we're and it was, yeah, no no we're fucked like what's in the cool room some of them are hard, like some of the ingredients are yeah. Yeah. like really unique in flavour hard to use um, but that presents such an interesting and awesome challenge. challenge for chefs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because that's what, like, it's it's so cool now because I think for a long time people thought of Australian cuisine, like people just laughed off Australian cuisine as being, um, you know, just a melting pot of all the cultures that inhabit yeah. Australia because yeah, yeah. we're an immigrant country. Yeah. Um, and now there just seems to be this sort of really bright future of mm. Australian cuisine yeah. with yeah. with yeah. native and indigenous ingredients, and it's oh, one of the oldest in the world. It's so exciting, mm. and because you know, people didn't even know like people didn't know what a bunya nut was, however long ago, like yeah. two three years ago. Like the first time I heard of it was when Attica put it with red kangaroo and carrots mm. and stuff. But, but why? And, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, but that's Great. the thing. It's like we're still learning, you know. Learned. Like, and 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 fucking sad. Yeah. That's the interesting challenge, though. That that it's like because it, you know it's still in its infancy, and chefs are still u- learning how to yeah how to use these products. Yeah. Well, I, th- I and, think yeah, sorry. you know, it's just I think that that yeah, the, it, it's it's the future is so bright, and and the fact that it's still at the point of fine dining where these products are being used mostly, yeah. mm. and 
For We've now. seen it time and time again that ingredients trickle down yeah. into yeah, into the mainstream yeah. from fine dining. Yeah. So the fact that these companies like Something Wild are, you know, supporting communities and things like that and the, and the yeah. fact that well, to me, it seems inevitable that volume and demand demand is going to increase and volume in commercial you know, level yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. It, there's a bit of a bright future there as well, so that's mm. pretty cool. To another couple, Mike and Gail Cornby, they do it as well. Um, uh, Outback yeah, Pride, yeah. they're Reedy Creek mm-hmm. in South Australia, and they, they have the same connection with the Indigenous communities and, and everything. Um, but where I think chefs are in such a unique position of of power I guess at the moment like it, whether or not it's cool to use these things there's obviously as I said a story behind it and reasons and, and there's reasons it's it's good but as far as a connection with indigenous people and like the communities and like the produce like that Australia has to offer um, we're in a unique position we of, of, of having a connection with it you know yeah. and showing people and maybe creating some education like the Arana yeah. Foundation yeah yeah um, in South, like South Australia, restaurant yeah. Arana, um, that's that's amazing what that guy's done. Yeah, like I think taking it away from from the bush tucker thing, like I, I don't yep. I don't particularly like that phrase because it just it kind of it makes it sound like it's just it's just taking the dust, piss out dust, of it, yeah, yeah like <laughs> dusty roots and you just yeah. walk around like like yeah. it's it's not it's just ingredients like something you might like eat if else. you were dying in the desert. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. As it's, it gives to, that really weird name. Like, I don't I don't particularly like it. So I think yeah, just getting away from that that view of it. Um, and people think, and getting away from people think, people still think it's weird that we eat kangaroo. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we we had some kangaroo hate mail um, for a little while. Are you kidding? Because we went we went on Studio Ten and did a little kangaroo dish, and for one we didn't think it was weird, but then the, the presenters were all just like, "Oh, it's so strange. Will anyone try this dish?" And we're like, "This is literally just like it's just kangaroo carpaccio with like salad." <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't, we didn't think it was weird at all, but as soon as they they heard what we were doing, they were just straight onto that, and that was all they spoke about. So rather than being able to speak about these ingredients and where we get them from, they're obsessed with like, does any other country eat their national animal? And we're like, yeah, I think that's yeah, a bit of an should. old phrase. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, people are still harping on about that. Yeah, like it's just like, yeah. So, so yeah, so get with the times. There's yeah. a few of them around. So yeah, I know. <laughs> a few of them are jumping. Around. Yeah, so we had some one-star reviews and posts on Facebook from kangaroo activists as well, giving us some shit. So that was fun. Wowzers! As mm. always, yeah, interesting. I would hate, not hate have thought. Yeah, uh, so strange. But yeah, so, so getting away from that that kind of whole it's it's weird food or it's it's exotic mm. even like or whatever it is like it's we we try and get these things in, taste them, um, use any chef knowledge we have to to work out where we can use them, what what yeah. they what they might be similar to, like yeah. what kind of flavors we get from them. Like we got Illawarra plum uh, glazed duck at the moment. Um, sort of plum glazed duck is quite quite classic and and the flavors go really well. It's kind of got star anise. Um, sort of bacon spice flavors to it as well. So and just that was just an evolution of oh, it's it's a plum. Let's try it with that. Um, so I mean that's kind of the way we we try and look at these ingredients. Cool. Yeah, we do a bit of um, like we were doing a Davidson's plum, like boshi, like the ume boshi. Mm. Um, so you just like heavily salt it, ferment it, etc., etc., and dry it, and um, it worked really well. Yeah. But like using methods that we know as chefs I think is what I'm expanding on um, yeah yeah to make them tasty or whatever mm. um, and make them approachable as well yeah I think, I think true. by, by, true. by, by <coughs> sort of using these different techniques we might use something else that people can approach a bit easier and a bit more related to it like yeah yeah 
plum glazed duck. It's, yeah, so it's not it's not scary true. for anyone. But we're, you know, uh, like you say, it's exciting uh, in a restaurant that's got an ever changing menu. Especially, you're always looking for new mm. things you can use or or make tasty, or you know, mm. or make like to lift a dish up. Yeah. Um, oh wow, I can add that to that. Or that's on the shelf in there. Hang on a sec. Oh yeah, that's ready. Like yeah. So like it, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Emma. Mm. Yeah, I um, I feel really bad because I haven't really used any of this stuff. Someone once brought in a bag full of Davidson plums and said, "Here, try and use these in a dessert." And I tried it, and I'm like, "No, that's not for me." Yes, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, it's savoury. Yeah. It it's some, like yeah. for savoury uses, yeah. not for mm. sweet, obviously. Yeah. And they even gave us a cutting, so we've got a Davidson plum tree in our back garden. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's they're really slow growing, like yeah. super yeah. super slow growing. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting and eye opening, and it's a shame that um, I suppose it. You know, at the other end of the scale, cafes and stuff, it's not, it hasn't really trickled down to us yet. But, yeah, it's, um, it's, all, it's, it's pretty still, expensive. Yeah. Well. It's still costly. Yeah. Like, mm. like bag, um, bag that's pretty, yeah. Davidson's, oh, what, what, sorry, we Quandong's at the moment, and they're, they're great. Like, they're yeah. pretty easy to use. They're actually um, a little bit more. But um, we make a ketchup out of them that, like, works really well. Um, but they're, they're about $80 a kilo. Mm. Yeah. Oh, all right. Like, yeah, it's not cheap, yeah, but it's yeah. like which is why you've got to kind of got to make yeah. them go far. But if it were, if it became more common, and there's a lot more people growing them, and it would be cheaper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. The price will come down eventually, yeah. and mm. you'll see more of them. Yeah, yeah. it'd be good. Yeah. I think one of the things that was really lovely was what you were talking about, Andy, about the um, the story that goes with each of the ingredients. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that um, they all fit within you know a particular you know a celebration when they have the bunny nuts or whatever yeah. it is, and it kind of. You, you know, once you start looking into any culture and the way in which they use food, um, and how you know it'll bring a, a community or a family or a, yeah. you know whatever together, um, it just is a reminder that um, that food can be used to you know to bring people so, together, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and um, that we should you know embrace the opportunity. Try to, it's yeah. I mean, just look at other places in the world, as you mentioned, like that. These are still traditions and they're massively respected mm. and um but it's just not here yeah mm. um i mean i don't i'd love to know more about it and I, I i we are using a lot of the stuff and i'd love to learn a lot more about it and a lot more about the traditions this, and, I, and the, we like haven't even more. scratched the surface like oh, yeah. No way. yeah like it could be a whole podcast this one hey? oh <laughs> <laughs> every, every time yeah like even some of the you know the people out there that are like Jock from Irana and yep. Ben yeah. and people like that that are at the yeah. pushing the envelope they're of these types of things. Yeah. They haven't scratched the surface. Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly. like there are that many indigenous tribes in Australia. There's that. There's that much. There's sixty thousand years of history. Yeah. yeah. How the fuck are we going to scratch the surface? Insane. You know, and 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 that's why another reason why it's so exciting. And it's and it's also like you were saying, Emma, as well. It's like it provide like you know foods are a language you know and 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 it's something that people understand and being able to connect to local indigenous communities through it is mm. really nice it's mm. really it's just you know it's a, it's a really cool thing and hopefully we can all sort of be a bit more mindful of the history of where we live like whether mm. it's through food or or whatever but it's yeah well, it's there yeah it's, and it's rich there. yeah <laughs> yeah cool um i i guess the other thing that i like the thought that I've I've had and like probably expressed a couple of times to to people before as well is that Australia, like you were touching on it as well, Andy, is that 
Food culture in a lot of areas of the world, and specifically like probably in Europe and Asia, maybe not as much as Europe, but um, you know, if you think about French food, you think what's the first thing you think of? Butter, or something like that. Like, what do you what do you think? Like, what do you think? You think about technique, and about a certain, like when you think about Italian food, you think about tomatoes and olive oil, yeah. or, and and when you think about you know whatever it might be when you think about Japanese food it might be seafood or whatever but when you think about native native Australian, Australian food, food yeah, Australian yeah. food in yeah. inverted commas you think about fucking pad thai yeah, well that's it but, <laughs> but no when you think it. about native food here you think about ingredients that are unavailable anywhere else in the world yeah, yeah. which is really fucking cool like yeah. which is which which means that Australia is in this position to create its 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 own identity and cuisine unlike any other country in the world because we're not we're also such a young country that we're not bound by the traditions and the melting pot of you know civilizations and you know the changing sort of geopolitical network of, mm. of Europe that happened over the centuries yeah. we're a new country and there's 60,000 years of indigenous history there that we can that we can now look to mm. that's that's untouched it's a pretty cool position exactly yeah. 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 Well, it's a cool position for chefs to be and be a part of I yeah. think yeah. I think that that's, that's a positive of it is you're not bound by these things that's why we sort of have gone towards the same with modern Australian because that doesn't really describe everything but it or anything at all but it, it can mean so many things it can, it can be you know I see what you guys do it's modern Australian yeah. like it's you know but it's got that, that Asian influence yeah. Yeah. Um, we probably have a slightly more European influence because of um, sort of where I've worked and where I've come from so it can it's a very catch-all term and it's great having that flexibility and that freedom as a chef to, to be able to put on you know pasta and then some sashimi and then you can have all these words and mm. completely different cultures but they can make up a menu which which is sort of coherent yep. um, and then when you throw in all these, all these new ingredients like, like everyone when they had the world's 50 best restaurants in, in Melbourne basically everyone went Back to their respective countries, just talking about how amazing finger limes were. Yeah, and, oh. and like and finger limes. Yeah. yeah, like and they're becoming sort of more common where they're not don't seem that out there anymore. But obviously, many people who wouldn't know what they are and, and what they look like. Yeah. Um, so basically, a, a, a citrus fruit with lots of tiny little balls. Caviar. Of yeah, oh. yeah, citrus. Yeah, <laughs> pearls of citrus caviar. It's like it, finger limes are almost like. You can't believe they just came natural. Yeah, they're, like, they're it's natural. It's like yeah. it's like a food yeah. designer sort of like <laughs> yeah. had the idea of what if would be like the perfect citrus product, and then like and they invented it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And, then and I think even like Jill Lawson was here today, and she went back and just started posting about how cool finger limes were. Yeah. So like, there's some there's some pretty amazing stuff that people are you know pretty jealous well, of. Well, like in the, the world. I saw on Instagram today one of the finger lime companies are shipping out. Trays and trays and trays of them yeah. to to France. Like, yeah. Who would have thought that? There you go. Cool. How much do they pay for them? I'm not sure what they pay export. I think probably cheaper than what we pay for them. How much are they? Yeah, probably. Things are straight. Oh, they're kilo, like 40, um, 50. Uh, we've got a finger on tree. Yeah, and we I, actually yeah. got a like a. John's giving them away, like literally. At the yeah, yeah. Bag yeah, them up and sell so them. Many oh, God. Yeah. I, next year. I'll give you 20 Nothing. It got to the stage where I'm like, I don't want any more finger lime on my oysters. I don't want any They're having a lime tree. They're a dollar each in the shop. Yeah. Like they're falling yeah, on the yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> totally. Mm. Cool. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there for show and tell. But, I mean, I guess this show and tell started with these beautiful fresh munchies. Which you'll see on the menu at Cavo for 
Hello? Probably forever. They're pretty cool. We just, yeah, for just, well, like at this time of year. Yeah, this fresh. time they're on uh, on with a uh, Illawarra mullet, Illawarra, Lake Illawarra mullet dish with yep. uh, seaweeds and uh, sea greens. Yep, beautiful. Mm. So yeah, that's show and tell. Fresh my trees. Yeah. A, a bit on native produce. We could probably yeah, it's another whole podcast. Everyone could bring in what they're using at the moment. We could yeah. talk about all all the other you know things that we've experienced. But that's show and tell for today. Cool. Thanks. Simon, no thanks for letting me eat yeah. $60 worth of munchies yeah. out of the teacup. <laughs> like, just just, just going to put it yeah. back now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Got some for Tuesday. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, events, things coming up for everyone's respective businesses. Simon, you got to wind in a comment. Come a bit closer. Um. Yeah, we are uh, New South Wales wine series we run throughout the year. Um, next one is Central Ranges. We're just trying to work out a date that we can uh, get some winemakers down um, with with vintage happening uh, right now, and then uh, Orange Food Week is uh, coming up as well. So we're just trying to work out a date for that one, um, but hopefully uh, late March or early April for that. Yeah. Um, and possibly a game dinner, which we decided to do today. Yeah. So, so what, like Pictionary, Scrabble, yeah, and then yeah. In, in like dinner. Yeah. Game so, of Life, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> same price as always, but just board games. There's yeah. <laughs> actually no you food. Have to eat yeah. The figurines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you win a game, you get a get a course. That's, that's, <laughs> how, it, that's how it works. Leave really hungry. You've, you've got to come up with new things. Like in this game, yeah, okay. you know, you've got to keep experimenting what works. I didn't tell you what. It's worth pursuing this idea. I picture every time we do a game dinner, we always try and work out a way of doing like a like a chessboard dessert yeah, and then okay. we realise it's stupid and throw it away yeah 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 it was like trying to work out how to get like game you know what and, like, I think could work strip poker yeah I right, right. That, <laughs> yeah. I think you could get a heap of people in Tom here Tom will be keen get a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing something similar to that down at now it's like the Cringilla Hotel but yeah, 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 yeah. Burgers, yeah. Right? Burgers, yeah. Yeah. this is pretty much the same <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. same thing yeah. <laughs> alright sorry Simon Game dinner, a game coming up. <laughs> um, yeah, game, game and wild dinner. So last one we had sort of ostrich and venison, and we actually got ostrich eggs in last year, which was pretty cool. I did too, didn't we? Yeah, that that was almost. Can we do a Game of Thrones thing because they look like dragon eggs? Yeah, right. but again, we'll, we'll throw that idea when we realize it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. don't worry, that won't be cool. on the plate. Plenty <laughs> more. Yeah, realizations of stupidity in yeah, the works. Yeah, always a chef. Too. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a great idea. Next day, that's a rubbish idea. Andy. Uh, events we've got a, we've got a big one coming up I can't really yeah what is this fucking okay, um, okay well, look stay tuned for this big yeah, event we that we've got coming up yeah, right. it's, a, it's a big name babyface wine something industry guy um, from Sydney um, who's done some really cool shit in the past but we're just once we get a date I can yeah, yeah, talk cool. more we'll talk about, about it. it to be announced but we're really excited about that um, other than that we're just we're going to the Southern Highlands next week is more about getting getting out of the kitchen with the guys. Yep. Um, so we're going to a couple of farms up there. Um, when you got what day? One that you put me. Uh, the tr- next Monday. Monday. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta make a trip up there. Maybe I'll join you. Yeah, next Monday. Um, and then yeah, just we're going to go to Erica and Hayden's farm in Hartley in March. Because March, they said it's a really good time for them. They're doing some really cool stuff up there. I just want to connect with our producers a bit more and get the guys to as well so yep. they realise why we use what we use and, and, and how um, 
how awesome these guys really are and how much they're putting into what they're doing and how it translates sort of on, on a plate fucking, for us. It's the best when you work at a place and you get to go to the farms. It's mm. it's so it, it it empowers your staff so much. Like yeah. I was working at a place in Canberra when it was it was like quite a big new opening, and I think we were all employed like a few weeks before before it actually opened, and they took us for an overnight trip to visit a few farms like around the Canberra region, um, a few wineries. Like we went, we actually ended up at Country Valley in Picton, um, went to a biodynamic lamb farm, uh, went to Marion Vale Blue Murray Cod Farm near Golden, oh, cool. Goulburn, uh, Alto Olives in Crookwell, like yeah. a bunch of farms and stuff. And now it's like every time, like I was at Carriage Works like a few weeks ago and I saw Alto Olive Oil and like I just go there and I'm like, I've fucking been to this farm and like yeah. I've talked yeah. to these people yeah. and been in their house and like you know had a beer with them and, and whatever and it just it connects you so much it's such a cool thing well, as a staff I just member. want a bit more of that well for myself but uh, for the staff too they they like they'll love it I know they will yeah um, fucking know. and then we are in chats actually I've got a call again this is very loose at the moment but you know Bar Rockford and Canberra yeah, yeah. we might be heading down to do something with them yeah right um I've just I haven't even spoken to them yet, okay. so uh, there's like, but yeah, we we have a mutual sort of friend, um, yep. and I've got to give the owner a call tomorrow. Great, they've, they've got one chef who, who's like super talented. He's rad, eh? Yeah, he does yeah. some really cool stuff. Um, it's very it's similar sort of um, to what we do. They're apparently, it's a really fun sort of bar. It is. It's great. The food's great as well. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that'd be heaps of fun if we can actually make that make that happen. Yeah, and about sort of get, getting the staff down there yeah um, yeah so connecting with producers and do, cool. do some fun events but as soon as I know more about uh, get some dates on those set of <laughs> loose very loose Cry- cryptic dates um, yeah let you know um, Emma eat at Sandy's anything mm. actually we had a meeting today um, we're going to do um, a while ago Jan got going a thing called the chef studio so mm. we invited you know put, it, put the word out mm. say if you want to come and which was a really cool thing yeah. it was yeah, yeah it was really fun and um, he's tried a few times to, to see if anyone was interested and I think everyone was a bit sort of busy and it all sort of got a bit out of hand but um, we've managed to get um, three other chefs together and I'll do dessert um, at Eat at Sandy's I think it's on the 9, 19th of March we're going to try for I think it is which is oh it's a month away okay um, <laughs> so we'll work on that um, but yeah so we've got um, one of the guys from Biota to come down um, who lives I think in Coldale so mm-hmm. um, Benny Warriner oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the owner of um, uh, South Sailor mm-hmm. um, a guy that Jon used to work with up in Sydney who started at Balzac and um, he ended up working with him at the Paddington Inn so yep. his name's J- Jared Donoghue he's going to come down and I'll pull together a dessert Nice. That's awesome. So, Fuck yeah. yeah, that's what we need more of. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we sort of, you know, don't want Sandy Goodwitch to die completely. Mm-hmm. So we'll try and still carry on some of that spirit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, nice one. So, and Sandy Goodwitch pastries in the cabinets of more uh, places. Yeah, don't, don't ever let those things die. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'll come knocking on your door, eh, if I don't <laughs> get it. <for> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as the price of butter comes down. Oh, that's another one that went oh, crazy. Oh, wow, that just, wow. Our, our 1.5 kilo blocks, like, we're, we're just going to, I've just started getting cream from South Coast. Which fucking You're making it? it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we start making it. It's like $18.60 for 1.5 kilo block. 
and it went from that was eleven fifty. Yeah, but I mean, I'd yeah. rather get it from like, and make it, but you know, yeah, yeah fuck it. What to make uh, it. Yeah, no, because we'll, we get them in 25 kilo blocks, probably two a week, and it's like $275. It's Dairy went crazy. Yeah. Cream hey. as well. Yeah. Mm. So that, that's another one you can add onto the, onto the list. Mm. It's been crazy. And um, croissants use a lot of butter. Mm. Yeah. So. <laughs> you wanted one that tastes like delicious. <laughs> croissants are a lot of butter. That'll be uh, all yeah, the butter. Yeah, they are butter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Get them layers. Sweet. Um, so, it's cool. If people want to keep in touch with everyone's events, quickly tell us your social media handles. At Sandy Goodwitch, is that... Uh, well, yeah, Sandy, yeah, at, San, at Sandy Goodwitch will continue if there's anything coming up, like what we're going to be um, after the 25th of Feb, it'll be on at Sandy Goodwitch. Yep. Um, and at Eat at Sandy's is for Eat at Sandy's in Bulli, which will continue. If anyone's wondering if it's closing, because I've, uh, yeah, people have asked that a fair bit. It's yep. staying open. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can get our pastries anywhere from Campbelltown down to Port Kembla. Nice. Simon, socials, uh, website. C-A-V-E-A-U. It's <laughs> always the hard one. Caveau uh, on Facebook, Caveau underscore restaurant Instagram. Um, or if you go to our website, caveau.com.au, you can sign up to our newsletter where we bother you about once a month just telling you what we're, what yeah. events we got planned, nothing else. Yeah. Junk. No, no, I'm joking. Straight <laughs> 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 to Subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy. Uh, at Babyface Kitchen, at two underscore smoking barrels. That other business. Yeah, uh, how long have we got now? <laughs> um, what did I say, Babyface? Oh, and at Chef Andy Burns. Yeah, cool. Um, and then if you want to get in touch with this podcast, uh, you can email. This is all through the Quicksand Food podcast you'll see us post about it on our social media which is at quicksand food on instagram and on facebook if you want to get in touch with us um yeah feedback would be much appreciated Mm. like we want to know that people are actually listening to this like even though (laughs) we probably do it anyway uh we (laughs) we, we kind of (laughs) want to know that people are actually listening to this so send us an email which is info at quicksandfood.com um and that'll go to me an actual person and yeah if you want to provide us any feedback if, you, if there's anything that you like you know if there's any you know talking like interesting things that you want us to talk about to add to our list of things to discuss on this podcast hit us up then hit us up and or if you think you're whatever. interesting enough to come on yeah if you want to come on the podcast make a case um, and we'll, we'll send us a photo and we will judge you and whether or not you're eligible to come on the podcast um, and yeah, no, we're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> anyone, anyone. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, quicksandfood.com's our thing. And also, I hear other people that do podcasts say this, but if you are listening to this on iTunes, leave us a review or give us a, a rating because that means... More that, reviews. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, more reviews. I think they're a bit different to uh, uh, your hospitality <laughs> reviews. There's no trip advisor for podcasts. There ought to be. But, uh, it's going to be my next... That's <laughs> yeah, trip if it makes money, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Within reason. All right, well, yeah, that's it. Gong Show, episode two done. Um, Emma, thank you so much for coming in again. Thank you, Andy and Simon. I'm Steph. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.